everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday show. Hope everybody out there is doing well. I'm James Chen and once again at my house. Can you hear me? Yeah, Dave? what's up? I'm Ultra Dave. Oh, what do you mean can I hear you? You're right sitting right next to me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, that's true. Yeah. Uh fair enough. Fair Come enough. Come on, buddy. Yes, <laughs> I'm right next to you as always in mm-hmm. in Santa Monica, California. My name's Ultra David. Thanks a lot for hanging out with us, everybody. So, we're going to be talking about some stuff. Some stuff happened over the past weekend, and we'll get to it. Uh, we're going to be talking about the CPT. We're going to be talking about the CEO online. We're going to be talking about uh, community ban and some gnarly behavior. And we're going to be talking about some new characters that have come out. There's other stuff to talk about as well. That's not what we're going to start with, though. We're going to start with uh, talking with our friends. Okay. This is stuff uh... we did last week. So also want to make sure some people are saying that David's volume is a little bit low. You got to speak a little louder into this microphone in front of you here. So. Oh, my bad. Yeah, let me just uh, lean forward and, and do that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I yes, there is a new one. We'll talk about that in a little bit, Saigon. Okay. I think Again, we- like with last week, we are going to just open up the floor and give platforms to some of our, of our friends to talk about what it's like to be black in the FGC and related issue so uh the intention is not to have an interview in any sort of back and forth sense i mean we might ask a question or something like that here and there but in general it's just we just want to give a platform to people to say what they have to say i think it's much more valuable to just hear directly from people rather than for us to sort of direct the show um and and you know i've been talking with each of these people uh, i've known some of them in some cases for many many years at this point uh, others relatively new, but I, I know that all of them have been certainly faced with these issues for however many years and have been thinking about it, and they're all very smart people. So I, I think that it's going to be, uh, as with last week, very interesting. I thought it was great to have all the different perspectives that we did have last Absolutely. week, and I'm sure you know, this week is, is going to be the same. Yeah. All right, so let's bring on our first guest. Uh, this is going to be uh, Boken77. You can find him on Twitter at Boken77. Just Boken or Steve if you want to call him directly. Let's go ahead and bring him on over here. Pow, there we go. Hello. Hello. Uh, can you guys hear me all right? Uh, I can hear Sounds you. Sounds great yeah. to me. Let me know in the chat at home if you guys can hear him. I can definitely try to up the volume and everything like that. Sorry about the lighting. Ah, you look pretty as always. So, uh, <laughs> introduce yourself first before we get going on this. Sure. Um, I'm Bolken, uh, Bolken77 on Twitter. Uh, I've been in the FGC probably since 2010, but I started competing around 2012. And that's when I met probably like James Chan, Walter David, probably at like a Yomakana 2012 or something like that, oh, or some other tournaments like that. And um, <laughs> I was a uh, part of uh, two esports teams. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, a few years ago. Well, tell them which esports team. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I was, uh, I was, a, I was a part of Echo Fox. Part of that, uh, that team. I was the manager, the team manager. Well, first I was just a, tra- a Japanese translator for, um, for the team, and then I got promoted to the manager, and then I did that for about a year after that, and then the company went down, and I was with Panda Global for a short stint, just like a trial period type thing, and then I was contract working with uh, Equinox. And uh, that's nice. just doing Japanese transla- translation stuff, and uh, that's what I've been. That's what I've been doing, and I'm still doing a lot of. I still teach Japanese to FGC players, and uh, that's what I'm doing. All right, 
sounds good. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've, we've known each other for, I, I don't know, yeah, I would guess 2012 or something. It's been quite a while at this point. Uh, so, uh, we wanted to talk with you. I mean, I, you know, you're, I reached out to you last week. Um, it was my bad. I reached out just too late, um, uh, just to see if you could do it that day. You were busy already, so I, you know, we wanted to do it this, this coming week. Uh, so, again, like with all of our guests, I figured that we would just open up the floor and let you say what you'd like to say, so, floor is yours. Great. Well, I suppose uh, I'll start with uh, how I've always felt like the fighting game community, I mean, I'm sure everyone said this last week, but it's probably the most, uh, like, most melting pot-ish of the uh, esports, I, I believe. And, uh, I, like, the person who got me into the fighting game community with Street Fighter Four in 2009 was an Asian guy. His name, is, his, name, his name is John, but he goes by Baka. He was, like, a third strike player. And he brought me into the, um, into the fighting game community, and... The first tournament I went to was like at a you know a white guy's house, and there was like a, a bunch of black people, Asian people. Like it, it was all over, and I felt like, oh, this isn't just like a bunch of nerdy, you know, greasy white-haired kids or white <laughs> kids, you know. And um, it was, and it's just so diverse. And so from that point, I started going to bigger tournaments. And um, the biggest tournament I think I went to, I don't know if you guys were around for the UFGC days or UFGT days back in the day. I know David, David, and James yeah. were. Um, mm -hmm. I think that I might have been where I met them first, technically, but but th that was my first big Chicago tournament, and it was the same thing. It was like a melting pot. If anything, I felt just so at at home because that's what I grew up around. I grew, well, I guess I grew up around a mix. Like I went to school in the suburbs, so there's a lot of a lot of white people, and I've always felt like I was in, but not fully in with them. There's just something about it where you, you, you like they accept you, but like you're not always. You don't feel like you're part of that part of them for whatever reason that is. But I never felt that in the fighting game community, because everyone is just so, you know, it, it's just so diverse. And so, especially with recent events, I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota, Ooh. and re yeah, uh, I, I still live there right now. And as of the past month, there's been a little bit of heat going on with the George Floyd stuff and the Black Lives Matter stuff, and. I've always thought that uh, despite what's going on in my world in Minneapolis, uh, the fighting game community is like a safe place. And it may, not, it may not be like that for everyone, but for me personally, I've never had an experience where I felt like, oh, because of my skin color, I'm at a disadvantage or, I, or, or I'm, I feel like I'm being treated a certain way. If anything, my skin color has elevated me to certain levels of I mean, notoriety, like being a black dude who's fluent in Japanese is not super common. But in the fighting game community, there's, there's a few of us, you know? And so that's like, that, that's part of what we are. We, we, a lot of black people are, can do many things. Like a lot of us, you know, there's commentators that are really, really um, influential and really high up there. There is streamers. There is, of course, there's a lot of the best players. A lot of the, you know, you know translators. Like we have, and I feel like that's a stronghold that FGC has. And there's not another community, in my opinion, that um, that has that, uh, not as powerful, I should say. Um, there's never been a time like I've been at tournaments when it was like, oh, in the South, I was worried about like you know if I went to like a final round, I'd never really been to the South, and I did the image I have of the South is not you know best for a lot of people of uh, you know black uh, African descent, right? But I felt so safe at these tournaments, no matter where we were, and it was just like I got you, like. We're all. I feel like we're all brothers, more or less, and and sisters, and whatever um, whatever gender you identify with. I feel like everyone's just accepting, um, for the most part. Um, 
I can only speak on being black, a black male. I can't, I, I, I can't speak on what it's like to be uh, anything else besides that. But in my opinion, I feel like because it's such a powerful, I want to say like a, it's like a pride. I'm, I don't know if it's a pride we have, but like I feel like I almost feel like we pride on being accepting for the most part of of all you know races and and genders. And I even feel like uh, you know there's no. Like, there's no downside to that, and from the outside looking in, because I have a lot of, you know, I'm connected to a lot of people outside of the farming game community, and when I show them just a glimpse of what it looks like, they're all amazed. They're just like, wow, it's people of every single race. Everyone is just so, we all have that one thing in common, which is fighting games, and it doesn't matter. Like, if you're, if, as long as you're here to play, we'll accept you. Like, it doesn't matter at all if, you know, what you look like. I mean, you might get hazed a little bit because if you're kind of a strange person, which I mean, strange person, right? But I mean, like, that's, you know, that's going to happen no matter what community you go to. But uh, for the most part, I feel like it's just, there's no, there's nothing like it. And we need to keep that. Like, there's no, there's no, um, it's just, there's nothing that we can do, in my opinion. Like, if we go in a different direction with this, I feel like that's going to change. Like, if we go really corporate, which I think might happen soon, things might change a little bit in that regard, but I think FGC is so grassroots to where it won't change much. And I think we're just very powerful. And that's just how I feel. I mean, I, I, I can't wait for tournaments to start happening and see, meet with all of my, you know, I've got like, you know, my Japanese brothers, you know, all my old ja Echo Fox buddies, all the, like, we're all over the place. Like, I'm, I feel like I'm accepted with the Japanese community to some extent, you know, <laughs> and the, even, even they, like, they, I, I even, because I can understand what they say, they never bad talk any body because they're a certain race they might bad talk a character or like we all do you know but like it's not like uh nothing to do with like oh because he's black he won or that guy that white guy oh man like no none, 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 none of that ever happens so that's just that's just how i feel like there's nothing better than it it's my home i'm i'm glad that you have a, a positive experience with it man that that's great to hear yeah 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 i mean obviously you know talking about this uh, fgc is not completely devoid of you know racism and misogyny and that kind of stuff like that and while your experience has been you know very positive and very strong do you feel like there's anything that could still be better like what kind of things are you looking for or 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 is it just something that you're really happy as is um yeah there's there's a lot of stuff we can do better like anything else like we definitely aren't uh, the best when it comes to female competitors or people that are um, like, like misogyny is still a thing. I feel like that's a lot of that's even if it's all mine, it still it doesn't need to exist. Like we don't just because historically, you know, games have been like more of an old boys club. I feel, but it's it, it there's no reason for that. There's no there's no like oh man woman when, in a fighting game. If you can press buttons, you can do it. You know, you, your brain your brain is the power, not your physical ability. And so yeah, we definitely we got to work on that. Like misogyny is pretty. I, I wouldn't say it's like super bad but it's pretty like we we have we got work on that like it's i've seen some people that are like don't want to join because of some um girls who don't want to join because of they've heard other experiences of being you know talked to via chats and then like or in person they're kind of treated a certain way because like all these events are still what i want to say 90 percent men right so it um it can be very intimidating and we have to do our best to make everyone feel welcome in that regard too not just with what race you are I think that's one of our biggest things we probably need to work on is that. Uh, e even outside of the fighting game community itself, um, what has it been like to be in 
Minneapolis. Are you in the city itself, or are you in the suburbs? And and what's it been like over the last month living there? So I have I live about eleven minutes, twelve minutes away from downtown and up like where all the uh, where the stuff happened. But um, even like close to my workplace, that's probably yeah like fifteen minutes away. There were cars burning, they're being burned uh, right outside the parking lot, like maybe two miles away. And um, it's been pretty wild, actually. It's it's uh like when things first started popping off at the end of May, it was like, oh, do, so I was in a tough spot because I didn't, I've had bad experiences with police in my past and I haven't, for doing, I, I was doing nothing. Like I was the one that like, I called the police because something happened to me and then they were like, you're in on it. And uh, so I don't have a lot of wow. faith in, in, the, in that system. And so it's like, okay, do I go out and protest and risk being treated differently by police then some of my other white friends are like that are out there protesting, and even some of them got dogged out. But like, it's been pretty crazy with the protest. But now it's more like um, people are still protesting, but the riots have stopped. The riots stopped probably three weeks ago. Like, the riots were pretty crazy, and uh, there was like a lot of this talk about the um, white supremacists were in like you know quote unquote black neighborhoods, right? And there's there's nothing going on in those neighborhoods. They were just rolling around, and there's just it was I didn't feel super safe. Uh, for for like a week, so I just kind of stayed lay, lay low. Didn't like I just left the house to get food and groceries, and that was it. And so it's just kind of it, it's not just me that was like that. A lot of other black people were like as soon as it started going off, everyone checking in, family members, everybody's like, "Oh, are you safe?" Especially our family lives right in the heat of things, right? You know, make sure their houses weren't getting looted because some people's houses were getting looted and robbed, right? And it, it it's it's um it wasn't like a common thing, but it was happening, and so we had a lot to worry about. There was a lot of things going on. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been... Uh, it was similar to that in Los Angeles where I live, too. Um, we had a uh, couple days of riots, maybe three days of riots, and um, businesses right across the street from where I live got hit. I watched... I, you know, spoke with the protesters, with the rioters in the instance, uh, while they were doing it. So it was a little bit of a bizarre experience. But, yeah, I think things where I live have been safer as well. I mean, the L.A area has maybe been luckier in that respect than many other cities have yeah. uh, not that we've been great but like luckier than some for sure um anyway uh look is there anything else that you would like to talk about or would like to say it's pretty open floor i mean i just feel like uh, if we keep progressing we're going to be in a good spot and not that we're not not that we haven't been progressing in, a, in the right direction but with all the recent the recent things about like you know people getting banned for saying you know making very untasteful tweets and things like that and I think that uh, if we get, we can't get rid of all people that are like that because you you never know who's like that, and there's always going to be people that are going to say those kind of things. But if we strive on not the zero tolerance with that, I mean, once tournaments start opening back up, it might be a good place, a better place, I should say. It's already a good, I mean, for the most part, a good place. We could be even better, and we could be even bigger, and I think that uh, that we can do it. And uh, I'm very proud to be in the FGC. Like, there's nothing I'm more proud of. That's awesome. Oh, that's that's nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Look, of course. Yeah, we just we're just trying to get perspectives from a bunch of our different friends. You know, everybody has their own perspective. So I think it's nice to talk with a bunch of people just to sort of suss it out and get different different viewpoints. 
Well, I yeah, mean, obviously, you. is there anything that you want to plug? You know, obviously, Echo Fox is not around anymore. So, you know, if you want to, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, get up, <laughs> let people know. Um, I mean, I'm still teaching Japanese. So if anyone does want to, you know, receive lessons or if they're looking, just start their journey with Japanese. My uh, DMs are open on Twitter. Okay. Or you can email me. Uh, I think my email is also on my Twitter bio. So okay. just let me know. Otherwise, I'm just uh, I'm chilling and happy. Awesome. Play Street Fighter Five and Tekken. Oh, good to hear it. Good to hear it. All right, buddy. Let's get some games in soon. We need to. <laughs> I got my PC up and running, so let's make it happen. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Thanks a lot for joining. Thanks a lot. All right. So Steve's going to pop out of the video chat there. Um, nice to hear from Steve. Uh, like I said, it was my bad that he didn't come on here last week in the first place because I had asked him just too late. And he had already had plans. Right. Uh, so I, I appreciate that he was able to sort of put that off for a week and come back out this time. Okay, there we go. Shout out to Boken. Uh, every time I see that dude at a major, he's got a different beer for me to try. So that, I always appreciate that. Oh, dang. That. That's perfect for you because <laughs> I know, like, every time we travel someplace, you always try to find a, a new beer to try. So. For sure. Okay, well, um, Steve has, has popped out. So let's, let me see hop on in so up next we're gonna have sharpie come on in here yeah. we can already hear you so okay. while he's getting that stuff set up uh why don't you introduce Oops, yourself uh hi everybody i'm sheila i go by sharpie inside of the community and you may know me as that person that reminds people to play Skullgirls. you may also <laughs> know me as fgc mom someone who wrote for fgc dad and i've done a couple of skits as well as i also am the fgc Head tournament organizer at Xanadu Games. Ooh, cool. um, okay. Oh, and I co-founded uh, Combo Queens with Carolyn. I'm one of the co-founders, and uh, I, I do a lot of things, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, but most notably, everyone knows me as that one Skullgirls girl. Yeah, you also bait people into you know checking out Skullgirls stuff on social media as you successfully yeah. baited me a couple of days ago. <laughs> <laughs> um. I I do want to publicly say that um, while my intentions with that tweet were positive, um, I could easily see how it was misconstrued as such, and I've since deleted that tweet. Um, because my intention is not to remove voices from others inside of the community at large. So I just I want to publicly state that, but I am glad that you appreciated the tweet. Yeah, um, <laughs> I didn't even know that there was any sort of drama behind that tweet. That's crazy. It's not, I don't even necessarily want to say that there's drama. It's just that this world is very vast. This world is very big. Um, as as much as people like to think that I'm like directly plugged into every single social media outlet at the exact same time, I can't see everything that's posted until like, unfortunately, after the fact. Uh, and unfortunately, at that time, there was a very, very long uh, I shouldn't say unfortunately. What I should say is there was a very, very strong, courageous woman. Um, inside of the community uh, who came out regarding things that happened to her pri uh, previously mm -hmm. with a well-known person inside the Smash community. And um, they utilized the same format that I had. Uh, so it was just unfortunate that people were had already seen her comments and then unfortunately, I believe, conflated um, my statement with that. But that was just unfortunate timing on my aspect, but I completely understand what that was... Con uh, seen as by a majority of people and so I don't want to encourage that at all. I don't want to encourage people making light 
of people that are sharing their story because I think that's a really, really dark path to go around. Um, and I, I know how hard it is to share something that personal yeah. um, to literal faceless people on the internet. So I'd never want to encourage or ever make anyone think that that's okay, ever. Um, and as soon as it was brought up to my attention that that's, that that's how that, uh, that tweet appeared, then I immediately removed it. Um, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to make the statement until later just due to the nature of this past week. <laughs> um, so uh, I, wanted, I wanted to, I, as soon as it was brought up to me, I deleted it. Um, okay. And as soon as I realized it wasn't okay, I deleted it. But it was a very messy and difficult 48 hours for me, to be very honest. Not anywhere as bad as earlier this month, and that's actually what I wanted to talk about, if that's okay with you guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> just, this is for you to talk. Uh, James, I don't know if you have anything else to say, but, uh, you know, if you'd like to just begin sharing your perspective, that's all That's all for you. The only of thing course. that I just want to ask, you know, on stream here officially is, I mean, I hope you're doing okay. Uh, you know, not necessarily ask, but just say, I hope everything you're doing okay, and you know, hope everything's been going well for you. Because yeah, I I know how crazy it's been on social media these these past few days. So um. I will be very honest with you because um, this is going to be like the last public appearance that I make probably for a couple of weeks, just because I need to. Uh, take some time for myself but i am not currently okay i appreciate yeah. the well tithings very much mm -hmm. so but i'm not okay right now and i'm not okay because right now we are in a very preventable quarantine situation that is disproportionately affecting people who look like me and who have been working very hard very possibly provide for their families and their loved ones and by no fault of their own they're no longer able to do so despite their best efforts i'm upset and i'm not okay because that same administration is actively telling people to that i and people who look like me are the cause because we are trying to tell people that this country is not the same when you look like me yeah. um I'm not okay because a lot of people are not okay on social media and I'm a person that people see as themselves and so when I am silent about something people assume that that is complicity right. um, I'm not okay because there's shit in my life beyond this <laughs> that is affecting me um, and I apologize for cursing. Oh, please. <laughs> um, Curse as much as you want. <laughs> but I do, I, I do want to be very candid and say that right now it's very important that, speak, that people speak up when they're not okay, especially right now, mm -hmm. because there is nothing more powerful than the truth and, and honesty to tell people how you're really feeling and let people understand what's really going on in your life. Uh, earlier this month, I, I don't want to say the thing that whole, that kicked all of this off because there's a whole maraud of things that we just go down that led up to this ultimate moment, but I'm going to speak on a moment that I haven't spoken about publicly. Um, and earlier this month, I actually was on a stream with Mike Zamont, Kai Kennedy, um, commentating a tournament that was organized by BG Callisto. Um, I'm sorry, BJ Callisto. I always say BG. Ryan, he's so sweet. You guys probably know <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and I was very excited for the opportunity to commentate because it's been no secret that I really do want to commentate Evo 
and I was excited for an opportunity to practice uh, event casting again because it's the last tournament that I was able to do it at, especially for Skullgirls, was eons ago. Um, while I did commentate for Dragon Ball Fighters and a few other games in the past, so I'm no stranger to event commentating. I finally got to commentate my game on a stream mm -hmm. that I knew would be presented in a similar format to remind people like of what tournaments offline tournaments look like. It would look exactly the same, essentially, to a viewer. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be the same for everyone behind the curtain, but it would look exactly the same to just about anyone that was watching the match. And I was very excited to bring a sense of normalcy back to both my experience with gaming and uh, everyone who was inside of my community as well. Because uh, one of the things I was pushing before that moment was I actually hadn't verbally discussed Black Lives Mattered after the George... Floyd video came out because I watched that video and I realized that if anyone else watched that video they wouldn't be able to see the good in people anymore. I couldn't finish that video. Um, mm. I, I broke down in tears like a small child. I'm not going to hide that fact. I couldn't finish it. That's where I was with it. And um, it really made it hard for me to um, go about the rest of my day and the rest of my week after I saw that video. Uh, and so I didn't expect anyone in their right mind to watch that video and stay silent mm -hmm. because I could barely do it. <laughs> um, and uh, it's not easy to do. Right. So I had been trying to make an environment on my page where I was able to go through my timeline and not necessarily see pictures of, of people that look like me, specifically black people, being attacked by cops, being attacked by fellow Americans, being attacked by even just other black people for handling it wrong. I couldn't... I couldn't... see it anymore without wanting to literally hurt myself. Yeah. Um, and that was something that I actively had to realize was happening in order for me to disconnect. Right. Um, because when you are in a content creator or, or even just like a community manager or uh, influencer figure, mm -hmm. you feel like it is your job to inform people who are watching you because you feel like you have an obligation to do things. But in reality, you need to come first. And I'm very guilty of not always putting myself first when I do things. So this tournament was uh, fantastic because I was excited for that opportunity to be like, look guys, our community may be going through things right now. We may not be in the best position in this world, but you know what? We're gonna play some Skullgirls and we're going to freaking love it. And we're going to just talk for two hours and we're going to speak to one another and we're going to love. And that's what we're choosing to do right now. We are making a choice to do that. Um, <laughs> so uh, the commentary set originally started with um, myself and Kai Kennedy. And I've commentated with Kai before. Mm -hmm. um, he's a great person. I really enjoy commentating with Kai. Uh, it was fun. I'm going to be very honest. It took us a little bit to get the, the levels together because mm -hmm. commentating online is a little bit different than commentating in person, as I'm certain you guys both 
know and understand having run the stream. Um, but it's it's one of those things where it's just hard to find the same level, and yet somehow with Kai, I was still able to match it. So I was very happy about that because I partially felt like, man, Kai is just so great at sensing levels and sensing energy and understanding and, and reading flow because we're not even seeing the game at the same time. It's delayed. We're looking at this through Discord. And so all of our verbiage that we have to use, we have to essentially say before an action happens. So we kind of have to like be a little bit foretelling, which I mean, commentator curse, right? But like this was next level. I was very <laughs> impressed at the level that he was able to execute it and the level that I was able to match him. Him because I think that without previous exposure to event streaming, I, I think that I very easily would have floundered there. Mm -hmm. um, and so we skip past that. They rotate Mike in, and Mike and Kai have commentated very frequently. They actually commentated uh, the money match that I'm very infamous for inside of Skullgirls. And uh, I actually think their commentary was a notch, honestly. Um, I will actively say this. I do not believe that Mike Z's commentary is necessarily bad. I will state that. I think he's a very informative commentator. I think that he is a very well-known and uh, person inside of the game. Like, he actively knows frame data. He knows how, uh, what your options are at any point in stage. He understands how the characters are supposed to interact with each other, and you get a different level of commentary with that. Mm -hmm, the yeah. problem becomes that Mike isn't a commentator. What I mean by that is that he, um, he says what comes to his mind regardless of how it will be construed. Um, and that is not something that you want to do when you're in commentary. Commentary is very much so about um, understanding the other person you're on mic with, understanding the uh, pace of the game, and understanding what you need to call attention to inside of that moment. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily about just filling up airtime or anything like that. It's about making sure that you're able to inform people that are watching or anyone who just happens to tune into a VOD that they completely understand what's going on and you cover those points. You create that story and dialogue. You know what I mean? Um, well, obviously you guys do. <laughs> um, so after, after Kai and Mike's block, I got back on for a TriCast. And I think previous to that, I ran with Mike um, on commentary for about an hour or something while Kai took a break because at that point he had been on for quite some time. And I was also very well-winded. I'm sorry, not very well-winded. I was extremely tired mm -hmm. at that point in time because um, my room is not very well-ventilated. Um, I know you guys can't tell from the static image on your screen right now, but there are <laughs> next to no vents inside of my room and I don't get a lot of air conditioning. So when I'm not streaming, when I don't have my camera on and when I'm not utilizing my microphone, I have a fan on and my face yeah. so that I can circulate air. But when I do things like this or when I go on commentary or something, that, that fan interferes with my microphone volume mm -hmm. so I can't have it on. Um, and sometimes if my roommate is like on the phone with her family or something, then I can't have my door open because I don't want to interrupt them. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a situation where I was already tired from the set before, but I was excited. I'd commentated with Mike before. It hadn't been entirely positive, in my opinion, um, but it was just, it was, it was a set that we did. And, um, and so I was trying to go into it with a positive attitude, hoping that I had studied enough and practiced enough, um, again, to adequately be able to match Mike's level, necessarily not completely understanding that Mike wasn't going to be as easy to commentate with as Kai just mm -hmm. by nature of it, which it's not a slight towards him. He's more of a player than anything. It's just sometimes people don't always um, 
don't always have like an ABC for commentating. They're just very free flowing. Mm -hmm. And so I had to be able to easily adapt to that. Um, I don't think the set went bad. I I just think our synergy was off and uh, it wasn't incredibly easy for me to match um, a lot of his pacing, unfortunately, just because of, I think, I think our commentary styles just kind of clash a lot, unfortunately. Um, and so anyway, uh, we get into top eight, and there is a tri-cast. It's now with Kai Kennedy, myself, and Mike Zaymont, and we are all on mic. <laughs> and uh, I was not having a very... I was, I was concerned that I wouldn't be able to actively bounce, bounce and volley with Mike. So essentially, whenever Mike said something, I would let Kai respond, and then I would try to respond afterwards, and I would go from there. I never wanted to be someone that led the conversation because I didn't feel like um, like people were responding necessarily positive uh, when Mike responded afterwards. So I just kind of let it chill. Mm-hmm. There is a moment that is now very infamous, uh, and that is a moment, I believe it's uh, Gelato and Lanba, or maybe I'm confused. I just remember that Gelato was playing, unfortunately. And uh, it was a very, very impressive moment for Skullgirls there because one player was completely deriving the other player of any opportunities to do anything. I call it the vortex, you know, where you're just stuck there Mm -hmm. and that person now controls the entire pace of the game and you have no say about it. And your only option is to figure out if you know the right, right defensive uh, answer for this, mm-hmm. right? And the other player was kind of defeated at that point. Um, so, <laughs> it wasn't happening. There right. was um, a statement that Mike said. Uh, he claims it was a joke. Uh, it was not interpreted by myself to be a joke mm-hmm. or funny in any way, shape, or form. And I really, really wanted to support Mike here. Uh, on the clip, you can even hear me starting to laugh before just because I wanted to go into that with a positive vibe, yeah. smiling, happy. Yeah, you know, this this player really this player really removed all of his options. He is absolutely floored right now. He's mm-hmm. against a wall in a hard place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Both me and Kai are like he's completely busted right now. He's stuck. He's there. And then Mike says, Would you say that he can't breathe? Mm-hmm. In that moment, I think I truly, genuinely believe that if there was camera on, I would probably get in trouble for not conducting myself professionally in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I shouldn't say in trouble, actually. I, I shouldn't say that because I think that there are enough people inside of the Skullgirls community and the general fighting game community that would understand my outrage if they saw me, mm-hmm. but it took a lot to not verbalize it. Yeah. It took a lot. It, you know, not, I to, didn't, not to interject, I, not to interject yes. or anything, but, you know, I just kind of want to say, like, as a person, you know, when you hear something like that, I got to imagine it's just like your stomach just dropped and, like, it's hard to even think and process at that moment, right? There were things going through my head, um, I'm a I'm a black woman that lives in the suburbs. I I grew up around like very wealthy and influential people 
that don't think that they're wealthy and influential at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm the first of five children, uh, later to be eight after my father got remarried. So a lot of the things that they had and they took for granted, I didn't necessarily have. And they're not, not, to, not to place Mike inside of this box, but that kind of took me back to when I was a kid and then someone would just say something, something like, well, you're just poor. You're just poor. You're just poor. Of course, black people don't have money. Of course, there was a, I, I actually really, um, I really liked dolls specifically when I was in second grade. I really collected, I like collected Barbie dolls that I would get all the time and I'd like wash their hair and I'd try to like do it, but it's doll hair so it like wouldn't stick and everything. And um, I remember taking them to school for show and tell and uh, this other girl told me that all of my dolls were ugly because they had black skin. And I kind of went there for a moment. And um, a lot of my feelings made me feel like this person that I had known and respected for a very long time. Um, it, it made me very much so feel like an other, if, if that makes sense. It made me very much so feel like um, like I, I wasn't a part of the family anymore. It made me feel like, like it doesn't matter the type of, the type of thing that you like, you'll always be different and no one will really understand. And here's someone that you know has helped you in the past and has actively cared about your success and championed a game that you also enjoy and they're saying this about you that was really a very hard moment for me to process Mm -hmm. because I've gone through that moment before with people that I work with with people that I happen to be inside of a room with and with people that um, I wouldn't consider necessarily like family but people that just happen to be inside of my family exclusively due to marriage or blood or whatever right um that's that's one of the very first times that i've let someone in this close to me that has shared a sentiment like that because i'm pretty good at vetting people Mm -hmm. um and so when that moment happened immediately there's just this disconnect and i just kind of shut down for about a second and then I look at camera and I immediately start mouthing the words what the fuck Mike Mm -hmm. I know I know no one could see the camera and I understand that but that's what that silence was me angrily yelling without anything. I even mute my microphone at the moment because I have to do it and I'm scared that there's going to be something audible even Mm -hmm. though I know I'm not putting anything or any energy behind my vocal cords. I'm concerned because I know myself and because I know how passionate I get when I'm upset. Um, It took a lot for me to control myself where I could even put down words about that moment publicly. And I, honestly, I regret 
even publicly commenting necessarily on that moment because I don't believe I was in a state to publicly comment on it. I think a lot of people pressured me um, into commenting it, about it early when I really wasn't in a good place at all at that moment. And it felt like no one really, I shouldn't say no one because my friends cared a lot about me. A lot of my friends reached out to me and a lot of my friends um, were there the very next day as soon as they found out a clip about the clip. Um, and and they made sure I was okay. But I wasn't really in a position or a headspace to acknowledge it to people that I didn't know. I wasn't in a head state in a head state or a place to necessarily talk about how I felt because I didn't even know how I felt. I stayed up all night crying, just thinking if I did get Evo commentary based off like that entire moment. I don't I don't know if my game's even gonna be in Evo anymore. I don't know I don't know if I'm even going to be considered because I just let there be dead air for 15 seconds. I wasn't able to handle that. And that happens all the time on mic. Someone could say literally anything and you have to be ready to deal with it. And that's what being a professional commentator is, is being ready to deal with anything that's blown at you and focusing on that moment. And I wasn't able to do that in that moment. Um, part of me was really disappointed in myself for not yelling at him immediately. We went to, I think, commercial break immediately after that set. Um, I don't remember how much longer it was, because I'm going to be honest, I was just kind of tuned out the rest of the tournament. Oh, yeah. Admittedly, it was really hard for me to, to get there again. It was very difficult for me. Um, I tried my best. I like went outside on the beef bake. I went to the bathroom, um, drank a little bit of water. Like I tried, <laughs> um, and I, I couldn't get there again at all organically and it hurt uh trying to force myself to be there um yeah. i mean again sorry not to interrupt or anything but i even as both of us are commentators i don't know that we would have been able to say anything right away either so i wouldn't hold that against yourself you know, just, I completely understand yeah. that literally everyone inside mm -hmm. of the industry understands what I was going through, mm -hmm. but I've never publicly, I think there are a lot of people in general that don't understand what it's like when you're on microphone yeah. um, and don't understand like how permanent a lot of these moments are for us and how we have mm -hmm. to treat every single moment like it's permanent. When someone, I will say the very first thing that I was actively upset about was the fact that something as important as equality for African-Americans and accountability for police officers and other authority figures that implement laws. The thing that really bothered me specifically about it was that that entire movement, that entire idea was being utilized for something as trivial as three seconds inside of a Skullgirls match. Mm -hmm. That that is not fair. That is not fair. That is so incredibly disrespectful. And that's mostly, honestly, what I spoke to Mike about was the fact that that was not okay. Because my parents have fought very, very, very hard for me to get to a point inside of my life where I'm able to even have a chance of success. Mm -hmm. And their parents fought before them. And their parents were sharecroppers and slaves. 
my grandmother was the daughter of a slave. This is not something that is just a blip in time. This is something that is actively history. And to even think that anyone knows enough about it to comment on it as a metaphor or a reference to something occurring inside of a video game for a short period of time is in and of itself so incredibly arrogant and disrespectful that I genuinely you know what my mother always told me if I don't have nothing nice to say not to say it so I'm a I'm a hold that I'm a hold that right there okay but what I will say up to you <laughs> I'm gonna hold, hold that right there because I was I was letting myself get to a place where I don't want to be so I'm mm -hmm. not going to continue that what I will say is that that moment was very painful for me especially mm -hmm. being the only black woman in the room at the time um, because I felt like everybody was outraged everybody was I was the only black woman that was there at that moment and so mm -hmm. I felt a lot of people just felt like I needed to be the collective black anger at that moment. Yeah. Um, there's another portion later where Mike actually comes back, and I believe after the very next ma ma uh, match, or at the end of the match, Mike apologizes in mm. the best way that he knows how verbally, which I actually believe was a relatively sincere apology, but I don't believe that it should have been rushed at that moment. I don't believe he should have apologized immediately on that stream until I, I I genuinely believe that he should have apologized after the tournament had concluded mm -hmm. in his personal time after that moment because I think it's very very disrespectful to comment on something that serious in the middle of a match mm -hmm. I think it is and I think especially because of the way that he did it where he interrupted it, uh, he interrupted the whole motion of everything to do it was very rude as well. And I felt like it, de it deserved a good five-minute apology, and I don't think Stream necessarily had that amount of time to give him. I think it would be rude to ask for that amount of time from Stream because of you fucking up. I think that's, you look at yourself, you sit there, and you think about how you felt, and then bring those feelings forward. Right. I think that's what needed to happen, which is why I was recommending that he did not apologize afterwards, because I believed that he needed to look inward and then apologize, not on stream, not on stream, none of that. I don't think that that was fair at all. Um, the written apology bothered me. I think it bothered a lot of people because it didn't necessarily show that he believed it was wrong. It was very wishy-washy. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people felt that way. My statement was because I was concerned about his actual health. I was genuinely concerned that Mike was going to not be okay. Um, and so I asked people to like just let him breathe and like not super harp on him because if there's one person that I have seen have to go through a lot of negative press inside of our community that's not Sonic Fox, it's Mike. This was even before Skullgirls came out. He was just always somebody like that. People just make headlines about him. Um, 
that's not necessarily something I wanted him to have to go through again. Even for this moment, I really wanted him to grow. I really, really, really wanted him to take this moment and own it and be like, I did something inconceivably horrible and I feel trash about it and I need to apologize for what happened there. And that's not necessarily how the apology came out from him. I can't speak on why he chose to write it that way or, or how it was construed because I didn't construct any part of it. But I just know that it... I felt as though this entire thing, very honestly, as, as sorry as I am to say this, I felt like it was going to be another blip in an already terrible month. <laughs> That's where I was with it. I had watched a man start to suffocate for two minutes earlier that week. And I just, I, I thought that people would understand that there wasn't malice in his, in, in his original intent to do it and would focus on issues that were actively occurring inside of this nation. Um, but people were very, very, very mad. They were much less forgiving than myself. I think that I try very hard to be an empathetic person. I try very hard to be a caring person. Um, and intent is very important for me. And so when I see someone do something without malicious intent, it's hard for me to see them as inherently evil or inherently bad. There is there are a lot of people who don't do well on social media in general, just because it's, people like to think it's all that exists anymore, but there was a time period back when this was just nothing, when we were just forum, when every single word that we put out was very, very carefully curated. There was no mm -hmm. huge search engine that can now just pull up anything that you've posted in the past 10 years, literally in the blink of an eye. There was no static location. There was Ask Jeeves, AOL keywords, and maybe Yahoo. <laughs> like, that was it. So I, I understand very much so that there are a lot of people that social media is not kind to. And I try very hard to judge people on the merit of themselves and not necessarily um, how they try how they are portrayed on the internet because I understand that the internet is only a a small clip of anybody's life. Um, after the statements that I saw in the past forty eight hours, it occurred to me. Um, because I was one of the very first people that Carbon had gone to originally when she had an encounter with Mike and she told me about the moment. Okay. I was the only person I believe she felt comfortable speaking to at that moment. And it, um, it was very important to me that we handled that moment correctly. I didn't go to staff. And this is something that I really do regret because I think that I actually did handle it inappropriately. I spoke with other members inside of the community and I told them to make sure that someone was around her the entire time and to make sure that she was not, that she was able to leave any encounter that she wanted. And I only spoke to people that I ultimately trusted, that I really, really knew, and it was literally five people, um, who I won't, I won't necessarily share with right now, but one of those people did actually sign the uh, Skullgirl statement and I was really empowered 
when he did. I felt really, really good about that. But what, what I'm realizing now is that because... I told her, I specifically told her that if I found out that this ever happened again, I would make sure that, that the person that caused this was never allowed in the community again. Mm-hmm. Ever. Ever. Um, it just wasn't, wasn't okay. She was a new player that had just come here to cosplay a video game that she happened to play eons ago. And she was verbally harassed by the developer of the game that she came there to play and she was considering leaving. My very first interaction with the FTC wasn't incredibly positive, so moments like that are very important to me, especially when women tell me about them because that's the reason I didn't join the Marvel community and that's the reason I played Melee before I played Skullgirls. That's the reason why I didn't join Marvel because people were being a, a gigantic butthole to me <laughs> and just making sure that my first experience was not positive. Mm-hmm. And that w- sat with me so incredibly wrong. That's something I've never wanted to see inside of our community. And so when I see later someone else DMing my, from a place of, I want information about this game and then them coming out with the ultimate understanding that they no longer are interested in this game and they're no longer excited about this game. That sits so wrong with me. That that is a problem. And that's always been a problem inside this community is that there are people that everyone in the community doesn't want to address. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people like that. And I'm ashamed to say that I believe that I did actually not handle it properly when I chose to to allow that moment to happen. I genuinely believe that. Um, I've since talked to people, and I've talked to Carbon and everything, and we've discussed it, and it's been brought up to organizers and everything, and um, the consensus is that um, because because things were unfortunately not shared with staff prior by the QZ, there wasn't very much that would have been done regardless. Even if I had shared the moment, if Carbon didn't share it, then it wouldn't matter, was the consensus, unfortunately. And um, I understand that. I completely understand that. It's just... Part of me feels responsible when moments like this happen because of something that I did or something that I acted. And ultimately it's being kind to myself and understanding that I am human, I err, and it's about learning from that experience. And I think because I went through that experience, I now understand how to handle experiences in the future and how to grow from that, which is an ever moving process. But I think that you have to go through something like that and look back at it and to recognize when it happens again and recognize when there is a problem. The first time, okay, maybe it was a mistake. There is more than enough happenstance in this world to cover something randomly happening. Like, my freaking mic could explode right now and it wouldn't even necessarily be out of the idea of 
likely probability. Nobody would be that surprised. It'd be cool, but it wouldn't be like, ah, the world is burning. You know what I mean? So it would be understandable to me if it happened once. It happening twice after the community was made aware, after the community spoke with him privately, is a problem. That combined, obviously, with um, the moment that I spoke regarding earlier and not necessarily having... I want to say the necessary, the necessary um, awareness to understand that that's unacceptable really made it so that I felt that there was no option but to remove Mike from commentary and remove him from um, tournaments and off, offline and online for a period of time. So that's what I wanted to share with you guys tonight. <laughs> Thank you so much for giving me a platform. I'm sorry um, I don't know how to graciously end this. I'm not Sage I can't do segues. Okay. Look, I don't no, know. No need. <laughs> no need. <laughs> but thank you so much for having me. And I really do want to thank you so much, David, because I know you had originally reached out to me to do this last week. And I apologize in the tardiness that it took for me to get back. But I really um, do appreciate you still giving me an opportunity to speak because, um, you know, who would have guessed that I would have actually needed it, right? <laughs> um, but I, I just want to thank, thank you, you both for having me on the show. And um, it was a pleasure speaking to both of you guys. I know we haven't worked together prior, but I do see and respect the support that you guys both have given me. Specifically, um, you, James, uh, I know you've retweeted quite a few of my tweets before and, and helped promote me and Skullgirl, so I really do appreciate that. Yeah. And I just hope that you guys continue be, to be amazing in these very trying times and I hope that your life ultimately does get better um, after these moments alright well, I, I hope the same for you of course of course thanks a lot for coming on again uh, I would say that while I think it's true that when you are commentating there are some expectations about how you should handle it if you're trying to be a professional I don't think that that moment was one of those things where the expectation is to be professional right. um, so there are if you know, how, however you handled it, don't don't be upset at yourself for not having been a pro. Mm -hmm. Don't feel that you needed to have been a pro in that moment. That's one of those moments that is just not that is not a standard commentary thing that you should that sh anybody needs mm -hmm. to learn. Right? That's just one of those moments that uh, would catch anybody off guard. Right. Thank you. Yeah. I I actually really needed to hear that. Uh, people have told <laughs> me that before, but I'm still. If you can't tell, I'm having issues not being mad at myself and holding yeah. myself to a higher standard. I, um, I feel like whenever I go on microphone, I'm, re I'm representing uh, specifically my younger, my younger stepsister and my younger mm -hmm. half-sister, and I want them to be able to look at any content I make and just be proud of me, especially when I'm commentating. Yeah. So I try to think about that. And um, while I don't think they would have been disappointed at me, I would have I loved to bring them a show that, that would make them really proud mm -hmm. to say, hey... Sheila's, Sheila's here. She's on the stream. She's so cool. I want to be just like her when I right. grow up. I'm like, that would just make me so happy, you know? So um, I have this whole idea of how I need to be in my head that isn't necessarily fair to myself. And I appreciate you letting me know that. that it's okay to be human. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very right. much Absolutely for that. right. Yeah, and I'm sure there'll be many moments in the future where your sisters can be proud, for sure. I think this is, yeah. this is probably one right here. Again, oh, nice, you know, nicely done. Thank it, you. It's All right, I'm gonna go ahead and dip. I'm assuming I can. Is it okay if I rattle off my social, even though they won't be updated for the next two weeks? While I'm <laughs> anyway, go for it. Go Self-health care. 
I am at the Purple Sharpie, D-A Purple Sharpie, on literally every single platform. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, and of course, Facebook. May it rest in peace. <laughs> um, uh, but most notably, one of the things I will be doing, which I actually should say, is I will still be streaming relatively infrequently for the next couple of weeks. Okay. So if you guys for some reason, or for whatever reason, want to see me playing video games, I will not be announcing it anywhere. I'll exclusively be going live randomly on twitch.tv slash DA, Purple Sharpie, and you can check me out there. I really will not be promoting myself at all these upcoming weeks, and I apologize about that, but please understand that right now I am in a um, yeah. a place where I really just need to work on me yeah, one, uh, for one a multitude of, of reasons. One but of the please that suffice said... it to say that I understand myself mm -hmm. and I need to do this. Yeah. So thank you very much. You got All right. It, yeah. well, you guys have a blessed evening. Thank one, you so you much. Too. One thing I just want to say before you go yes. is just, yes. you know, you said this very, very early on. And, you know, as a community leader and as influencer like you are, a lot of the times one of the hardest things to do is to make sure that we take care of ourselves and so I just want to say in the next two weeks, definitely, you know, take your time, do everything you need to take care of yourself. And, you know, and um, yeah, just we'll 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 wait when you come back and take as long as you need, basically. Thank so, you so much for yeah. that. I really do appreciate that so much. And you guys genuinely be kind to yourself. I know it's not easy right now. <laughs> um, it's not easy for, for African-Americans, not easy for people of color. And it's it's not easy for all of us. So okay. please please, 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 please be kind to yourselves. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much again. Yeah. Bye. Thank, thank you. Bye. See ya. All right. Well, thanks so much again to Sharpie for popping in. Uh, in addition, thanks to Anonymous for gifting us a bunch of subs. We really appreciate that. Yeah. That's super nice. A bunch of uh, gifted subs in the chat. So uh, thanks again to Sharpie. So we have one more guest for today. And I guess maybe in now? Oh, do we have them already? Okay. Can you hear hey, I think you're in now. All right, cool. Hey, I hear can you. Can we hear him? Can we hear him? Ultra Davey, what's up? Hey, buddy. <laughs> How's it going? Why can't I uh, hear James? Can, can, James can, can you hear me? Can you hear me at all? Can you hear me? A little bit. A little bit. Let yeah. me, maybe it's my volume. Let Raise my volume can... bar up. Uh, people have said they've been having trouble hearing me for some reason. So uh, let's get you into the screenshot over here. Exploit is being weird on me right now. I, I, I just ah, want you guys to know go. I have the shittiest lighting ever. Okay, you guys probably haven't watched my stream, but it's what? pretty yeah, bad. Yeah. Come on. Oh, okay, it's pretty <laughs> shitty when it comes to the lighting. What's Jeez. up, y'all? What's goody, guys? Welcome hey, back. Hey, thanks a lot for <laughs> joining us. What was that? <laughs> Welcome back. Said, What's goody? Uh, Welcome back in a way. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, that's true. It's been, it's been quite a long time. I want you to know it still says in my Twitter heading. I don't know how much longer. One fourth of the author really? it still says it. You know, I it's my small claim to fame. I just want to make sure that people know. You know. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, people don't know. Steve used to come on to the Ultra Ten Tuesday show, but that was a super long drive for you. Mm -hmm. Oh, and not not easy to do. And. I mean, I'm happy that you did it for a while, but totally I enjoy myself. So it's anymore. not like <laughs> I enjoy myself, so it's okay. Trust me, I have fun. You know, for me, I already told you, I, and I still like mean that. Like, it was an honor for me. You know, what I'm saying to come out and like work with y'all. I know y'all some legends to me, man. Part of one of the reasons I do this is because of you guys. All right. <laughs> um, thanks to Wild Monk SFB in the chat for the gifted subs yet again. Yeah. Uh, hey, much obliged. Again. Much obliged. Again. 
That's so, uh, like with everybody else, what we are doing is not intended to be like a normal interview, right? We just yeah. we are inviting you on to talk about your experience in the FGC as or in the larger world as a black person. What whatever, however that strikes you, we just want to hear your thoughts and understand your perspective a little bit more. The floor is yours. Okay. Well, uh, first off, I do want to say, man, I, I'm not going to try to take up too much time, but I do want to, uh, I know Boken, uh, I know Sharpie as well, so like, I just want to say, man, I do hope that they're both doing alright. I hope every person, every person of color in the community is doing alright. I just hope everybody in the community, one, is doing alright, because like, it's like a revolution going on outside, and yeah. it's a lot of, it's a lot of things, a lot of emotions are on high. That's not including, you know, uh, what's going on per se in the scene, and I say per se because there's a lot of people doing some goofy shit in the scene that looks like they should be getting out of the scene and uh yeah i know it's it's a touch and go thing for everybody out there um because it's it's a very like trying time and you have a lot of people out there that uh it's not that they you know don't understand what's happening it's just that you know a lot of people don't know how to you know take what's happening uh sharpie said something about you know talking how people talking about how people you know register what's happening whether it be on the small side on the side of you know being a black person in the community or being a black person in the world or being a woman of color in this community or being a woman of color in this world or, or you know or any denomination at this point uh, especially when it comes to just people of color and uh david like you i've talked to you personally a couple times about like you going out and just you know preaching the lore man and going to these protests bro you know i got mad it is so much respect that i have for you like i literally have so much respect for you i know you're a person that cares a lot for people so it warms my heart to know that like we got people in the community that i can talk to that check on me because i definitely had a lot of people who called and checked on me and people were just sending me messages and you know what i'm saying like that hit me like i was like man like hey there's the kitty uh it, it's very foreign to me to be uh, a black man and be in a world where I see all these people for me to speak to as an ally. And I'm being 100% honest when I say that. And everybody who knows me knows that like I'm a super talkative person. I'm always about like trying to be cordial, speak, especially if I consider you a friend. We're always are going to like, I'm always going to be that. But it's now it's getting to that point where like I'm hearing about all these instances of you know people stepping out and 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 putting themselves not only in a situation to do and say stupid shit on streams in this community but you have people that are going above and beyond to show that like they don't care to get it and they don't care to understand and personally like i've been taking mondays on my stream uh to just kind of open up the floor much how you guys open up the floor for people of color, for anybody who would want to come in there and talk, as long as it's like sensibly, right? And uh, I just think it's a, uh, I just want to say I thank the community, man. Like, and I know everybody can't say the same, especially about like what's happening in the world right now, but I want to tell y'all, man, the fighting game community is like some next level shit. Like, I can't express it enough. I can't put it into words. I really wish that I could, but if I could tell y'all the story of my love for the community, and where it came from it's completely different and it sucks that we have people out here that are kind of tarnishing like that feel that i get for the community 
part of one of the only reasons that I live in California is because I met people in a community. Like I didn't, I didn't have, and I still don't have any nets out here. Like if anything happens to me, like I'm just gone. You know what I'm saying? Like that's part of one of the reasons I really want to go to these protests. I really want to, you know, go out there with people. But I don't know people out here. I am solo out in this bad boy. So when it comes to opening up a floor and having space for people to talk uh, about the community and what's done for them, I'm like. Personally, like, I, I love to tell people, man. A lot of people don't know this, but, like, the only reason I live in California is because of two people I met in an arcade an hour and a half away from where I live or where I live in Missouri. I'm from the Midwest. I am from a red state. I am 36 years old. I've been dealing with racism since the desegregation program hit my life, and I was actually changed from city schools to county schools because the education was that much better. And there's just the fact that, like, the desegregation pro program is just that. That was when I went from a completely black school to a school that had mixtures of all races. And I can tell you right now, that was the first time in my life I had seen that many white people in a place at one time. And damn right, I was freaked out. I was like, oh man, there's a lot of white people here. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's not like I was like, oh man, I got to back up or I got to chill out. But it's one of those things that like, it's a culture thing. You learn more about yourself by being in those situations. It's one of the reasons that, you know, um, I am the person that I am is because of that desegregation program. And so when I try to tell people that, you know what I'm saying, like uh, I've been experiencing this for a very long time and that it makes me feel so much happier to see, you know what I'm saying, I'm in a community that has that space to like talk to friends and like have David call me and have like Seg check on me and have Mark Mancha and have Logan Simon be like yo what's up you know what I'm saying and I feel like it's my duty as well even though I'm definitely not good at it I still need to be checking on people just the same um, and I think it's important like I think it's so important in the community right now like in the community right now that like we understand that like this community is a community it's not like and, and I know for some once again and I know for some that's definitely not the case right now that's definitely not the case right now but every time i think about this community i think about paul and monique you know what i'm saying i think about those people i think about sukin you know what i'm saying i think about everybody i think about elver ling you know what i'm saying like i think about sherry jennings you know what i'm saying i think about those people who i know like you guys y'all put that shit on y'all back like that's not easy so when you have like people out here taking advantage of people in the community you have people that don't see um, some of the wrong that is going on out here and how that applies to the people in this community. It's going to make a lot of people frustrated. And I can tell you right now, for the longest time, like I did not feel like I had a space to have that talk with people in this community. I can honestly say that. I did not feel like I had that space. But I will tell you, I 100% feel like I have that space now. And it's because of all the people that have been reaching out, all the retweets, David going to protest. James retweeting all this stuff. And I have a lot of people that's just in, you know, games in general that are going extra hard for the cause, man. My boy Malik Forte, you know, like there are so many people, my friend Aaron in New York who produces a lot of content, just talking about, you know, what black lives do in the gaming space, not just the fighting game community. There are so many things that, you know, have transpired to to make sure that like I always want to put the the best face forward for the community, man. We've all have come a long way. I'm definitely grown from where I've come from in the Midwest and there's definitely been a lot of things that I've learned about myself as well as the world as I continue to like you know go out here talk about video games and just be a better person because in all honesty like 
that's what we're supposed to be. We're, we're also supposed to be taking care of each other. We're also supposed to be looking out for each other. Because one of the reasons that I, I cherish this community so much is because, like, of course, I play video games, right? And I am a black man first. But when you find people that you can get close to, like, and you can talk to them and you can relate to them, not only on the sense of color, that's what, you know, builds that community. Being able to talk and associate with y'all. Because, like, I, believe it or not, like, it's, this is a, a place to go to, you know what I'm saying, to find people, to get closer with. That's why it drives me crazy that I see people, all, like, out in the world that's happening and, and constantly, like, shifting this narrative of, you know, I just feel like it's so separate. I feel like people want to push that narrative of being separate, but in all honesty, like, I'm just here to say, man, I hope everybody is okay. Like, I'm, I'm checking. I want everybody to, like, check in on each other. That's the point of what we're doing here, man. I see, once again, man, Mama Dow with somebody else I've also talked about in the community of people that I like to talk to, that I know have the best interest of people out here. So, it's, it's kind of an evolving, a revolving uh, an evolving thing, excuse me, because it's it's scary to be in this time where it is people learning for the first time what it's like to be a person of color in these situations. And if you take that and you spread it to every other situation that you can be in outside of video games, having somebody that you can talk to about that, express that, you know what I'm saying, and have somebody that does understand or can try to understand that, like, it's not easy the same way that it is for some other people out here. There are, there are people that benefit from the system better than others. You know what I'm saying, and I will not like, and 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 I've never been one. Excuse me, once again, shitty lighty coming in here. Um, <laughs> I've never been the. I've never been the person to kind of go out of my way to to pinpoint or anything like that. But I'm I'm here to tell you right now, man. Like, it's it's definitely a different feeling, uh, being in this space because. I remember long before, you know, George Floyd happened, you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember hearing the stories, you know, Trayvon Martin, you know, Tamir Rice, if you don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's so much stuff that happens, you know. Uh, Elijah McClain just recently. Um, all these things are happening not only in the space of right now or in the past few months or in the past two weeks. This has been happening for years. One of the reasons that I say I'm a 36-year-old male is because I remember moving out here. You know, and the Mike Brown incident happened. You know, I was I was in California, and that was 10, 15 minutes from my mama house. Like, that's where that happened. So when I'm listening to people, you know, 1,800 miles away here say things like, oh, man, like, that little kid should have did this, or they should have did that. I don't know how people, I wish people understood how that sounded to me. Like, when you say, like, oh, man, like, this kid deserved that, or this woman deserve that or this man deserve that like I'm like bro you talking about me like you're not talking about random people you're not talking about every person you're not highlighting any of those people you're saying hey that person right there and if there's two those people right there and if there's three those people right there that's the shit that people need to be aware of because when you make jokes when you point fingers, you make fun, and all of that shit, you're literally telling me you don't care. That's what I see. I see people being like, nah, man, like, 
you crack a joke about this shit, you're literally saying, Steve, I don't care if you're alive. How does that sound? Like, think about that shit. What if somebody told you, oh, man, I'm not a fan. I don't, I don't like black people like that. Or they just say some hateful shit under their breath. Think about that shit. When I made that tweet about my father, I called my father and I told him about that myself. I said, hey, man, I want you to know that you taught me some shit that I didn't, like, I understood at the time, but I didn't know at the time. Like, he told me that and I was more upset than anything. I'm like, why would you say that? Like, why would you try to instill that in me? And, like, as I got older, like, there are so many incidents. Woo, man, look, I am 36 years old. There are so many incidents that I can rattle off and let you know how uncomfortable it is to be in some of these situations knowing, knowing that somebody could give a fuck less about you. That's the thing. And operating in a space of, only imagine corporate America, right? Imagine having a 9 to 5. I used to make sandwiches at Subway, bro. I used to work at a family dollar. You know what I'm saying? It's not easy out here. Especially for... It's not easy out here, but it's definitely not easy for people of color. And, like, that's what I'm trying to, like, give people. I want people to know that, like, it's so... It, the perspective changes the minute you go to a different color. And it does not affect everybody. It does not. And that's why I fuck with y'all, man. That's why I fuck with a lot of people in the community. My boy Mark, man. Y'all be looking out. And I come from a place where it's not. It's not easy. It's definitely not easy. So, put that into perspective. Like, I, I heard Sharpie's story. And I was like, bro. You don't even have to worry about being professional in that instance because if it was me i don't even know like i could talk about video games till i'm blue in the face i can't i could talk about comics captain america civil war y'all already know i could do that shit till i'm blue in the face i was like but if you really want to know you really want to know what it's like to move around navigate and try to be successful not only in, in the fighting game community in the fighting game community try doing that shit in america try doing it Try doing it in America. That's why I say, man, Sharpie, yo, you better than me. And I know Mike. I know Mike Z. And I still don't know what I would have did. I still don't know what I would have said. So once again, when you make jokes like that, when you make that joke, you're literally, you're actually telling me you don't care whether I live or die. So it's, it changes. It changes everything when it doesn't affect you the same way. It changes so much when you can get somebody who has not lived, who has not been pulled over for walking, had a gun pointed in their face, being racially profiled, you know what I'm saying, being pulled to the side for no reason. Think about how that affects those people around you. And I'm talking about women of color, LGBTQ+, plus all. think about that. I don't even need to only apply it to myself because that's what I do now. Right now, whenever at any point, I'm like, damn, what if that was me? Like, what if that was me? Like, I can say this in this instance, but when I think, after, it, when I think about everything else, I'm like, bro, like, 
I know what that feels like. So I'm never, never going to pass judgment on that shit. Like, if you feel a way, that's why I'm, I'm so happy that this floor exists. That's why I'm happy that this community exists. Boken said that, like, we're definitely headed towards this, you know, more formulated understanding and, and having a more documented way of operating in the community. But I'm going to tell you right now, like, when I was in St. Louis, my community that taught me how to play games was Sean Riviera. Brad Vitale, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to give out their governments or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? Diedrich Harris. These are people of all nationalities. Anuj Duran. Hopefully I'm saying my boy name right. But these are some of my best friends in my life right now. To this day. And they came from a mixed community. The reason that I am involved in this community is because of those people. So I know that it's not hate from every angle. I know that it's not hate. I have a strong understanding of that. But when you put into the, the prospect of the fact that like, I come from St. Louis, Missouri. I know exactly what some of these things people think they know look like. I know what that look like. I know what that blatant racism looks like. I'm telling you right now, I will, I will never hit you with anything this negative, but I will tell you right now, I know what blatant racism looks like. I know what it's like to have somebody call you an N-word with the ER right in front of your face. Believe that or not. Sometimes you gotta go to the other route. Sometimes you gotta go to the other route. I remember getting in high school. I was in high school. I got in trouble because I told a white kid that I would break his jaw if he said the N-word again. I That's a quote. I thought I was gonna break his jaw. And I'm not that kind of person anymore. I'm not. But the fact of the matter is, I remember that specifically. And that's when I was in high school. And these are the people that grew up to me. They grew up with me. You know what I'm saying? And now I got to go back on Facebook. All these people still stay in St. Louis, Missouri. They still stay there. I'm deleting people all the time. that want to try to trivialize. They want to use the mental gymnastics. Want to use this history of hate to try to, you know push forward this agenda of like well hey man this is just how it is and this is that and other if anybody telling you that shit tell them to shut the fuck up please tell them to shut the fuck up because i do not want to deal with this shit no more push now that's why i'm happy david is hitting these man i'm so happy you hitting these protests and i'm never gonna stop tweeting about this shit and if you get tired of it unfollow me now because it's never gonna stop it's never gonna stop not for me definitely not for me and if you fuck with me, it ain't going to stop from you either. That's, that's how I feel. This is a very clear thing. It's so clear. Because if you look at like what's happened over the past, what, 70, 80, 100, 400 years, systematic oppression has been there. I've, I've seen that shit. I know what that shit look like. I know, I know what that shit looks like firsthand. So when I start to see the world changing for the better, when I see people out there, I see allies, you know what I'm saying? I see people that I can talk to. I see Boken out here teaching black people Japanese. Bro, do you, that's a dream. I got so much respect for Boken because I want to learn Japanese. You know what I'm saying? And like to see that I have somebody of a familiar face that can teach me that, that I can talk to about that, does so much for me. Because not everybody is afforded that vision. Not everybody don't get a chance to look at and get a hold of these bigger things. They don't always get a chance to be like, well, hey, man, I could just move away from this. I could just pick up and go. You can't pick up and go from being black. You can't pick up, you can't pick up and go from being black and gay. 
You know, you can't pick up and go from being black and trans. You know what I'm saying? You can't be pick up and go from being black and non-binary. Like, there's always going to be that stigma that's put on you by society because of the way you look. Something you have no fucking control over. And they hold you to that shit. I've had so many discussions about, like, how it works here and how it works there. I could tell you a story about how I was working at Round 1 Arcade in La Puente, right? And I was walking back from work, staying with a friend, and I got pulled over walking by the cops. Dude pulled up on me with his gun drawn. I'm wearing a hoodie, slack pants, you know what I'm saying, slacks, because I have to wear slacks at work. He pulls up on me, lights going crazy, you know what I'm saying, but he had his gun drawn, right? Why? I don't know. Two, I do know, because I'm a black dude, you know what I'm saying? But he comes to me and asks me, hey, do you stay around here? I'm like, nah, I'm just, you know, hanging out going to a friend's house i'm staying here because i'm working oh you don't live around here i'm like nah he's like that's good because i know everybody around here i would have known you know and i'm like hell's that mean you know but you can't say that you can't say that he's got a gun on you would you go get smart to the dude with a gun on you and i'm walking i'm i'm literally i'm this is not a guy had no skateboard no moped no scooter none of that shit i was walking and this cop was like, yo, bro, what you bang? He sees the tattoo on my neck. He's like, what you bang? I'm from, Ca I'm not from California. I don't know what that means. I'm like, bro, I, he's like, I was like, I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't know what that means. He's like, you gang bang. I'm like, nah, bro, that ain't me. And he was like, well, I'm going to tell you something. You need to be careful around here. And I'm like, careful for what? And just go and just goes off. So to, to some people who are not familiar, that just seems like either a, a normal interaction maybe it's a not normal interaction but how many people out here can say that they've been literally had a gun pointed at them for walking down the street not on one occasion but more than one occasion like think about that shit like there are so many people affected about uh, by what's happening right now not on the sense of you know it's happening now but this is years this is actual literally fucking years that people have dealt with this my grandmother my grandmother has dealt with this and i guarantee you if you need any more examples ask your grandmother what was happening ask her don't ask her just ask her and just say hey how are black people treated ask her if you really need more just look at the history it's there so when i see somebody out there making a joke when I come from a crazy racist ass Missouri and I've seen people do things just filled with just prejudice and hate. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know what that looks like. So when I'm looking at other people kind of do it on some, you know, some backhanded, you know, oh, well, I'm going to try to keep it under the rug and slide it like this and say it under my breath. Don't let me find out. Don't let me find out. Because you ain't got to say shit to me. And once again, that goes for anybody out there. Think, don't. Don't joke about my life. Do not joke about my life. That's what I want. That's what I want to say. My life is not a joke. If you've ever talked to me, you know that I'm a real person. And we may be from different places all around this bad boy. But please don't joke about my life. Because I can give you a thousand instances of which you would want me to help you. I can give you so many answers. You slip and fall, you're going to want somebody to help you. You get into a car accident, you're going to want somebody to help you. You know what I'm saying? And this comes after just being human. That's after being a black person, man. Think about that shit. 
Think about that. My father told me, and I mean that shit, and I'm going to say it again. You get three strikes living in America. You get three. That's it. That goes for everybody. And I got two against me. One, I'm black. Two, I'm a black man in America. And that's how I operate. That's how I operate. I had, if I go into corporate America, that was the thought process that I had. And that's about like me living. You know what I'm saying? That's just to make money to survive. And I, I actually went on and I was telling other people, man, I was like, they was like, what is it like being a black person in your space? I was like, people think, <clears throat> people think that I do this because I like, I love games and I do, you know what I'm saying? And I lo like more than most shit, I love video games. But the way that I wear my hair is a direct representation of my culture. Because there are places all around the country to this day, Missouri being one of them, that can still fire you for having your hair just like this. I do this in the community to show other black people around the world that I'm a man of my profession and I can look whatever the fucking way I want to. And it doesn't mean anything about what I bring to my profession. I'm still going to be passionate about what I do. I'm still going to do it with the utmost. But it ain't got shit to do with the way I look. And anybody who, you guys know me. Y'all know me. So y'all, if y'all see me like this, like Steve's got a new hairdo. Imagine what that looks like to somebody else. You know what I'm saying? And, and once again, that's why I fuck with y'all. I remember I came down on commentary. My hair was looking crazy as hell. And I sat right next to Mark, man, and ain't nobody say shit. Imagine if I went into another job to make a fucking sandwich and they fired me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but um <clears throat> I say all that to say uh is that like uh the community has definitely pushed me in areas that I would not have made it to coming from where I came from. That's just it. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Paul Monique Sukin, you know, the friends that I meet, Mark Man, Rip, everybody, you know what I'm saying? Vicious, Jeremy, Lewis, like all those, all of those, I, I appreciate that. If y'all ever want to know why I am the way I am towards you guys, because I appreciate y'all. I'm not joking. I appreciate y'all. We can all grow. Monique has taught me so much shit about myself. I will never. Logan, Logan, I'm a literally just said this to Monique like because Monique was like hey man she made a comment about like being in the space and I said well look man I saw that and I know for a fact that Monique has made me a better person and that's somebody that I met through this community that is a woman that I've met in this community my friend Paul that is somebody that I've met in this community before I knew what the fighting game community was I knew what the community was I knew all these people, and they still, Sukin helped me even though I knew Sukin before he knew who I was, and I didn't even know who that dude was. Like, I can't tell that story enough, how much that has meant to me. Like, and everybody out there, if y'all like, just to let y'all know, if y'all fuck with me, forever thankful, forever thankful, because like I said before, man, I never thought in a million years, like, me playing video games and meeting people was going to take me to Japan from coming from Walnut Park, bro. And if you know what Walnut Park is, you know it's called some, some not nice names. They got some crazy nicknames for that place. And I guarantee most of you probably ain't never heard them before. But um, the way my mother raised me and the way that my father raised me was to treat people how I would like to be treated. 
that's why I carry myself the way that I carry myself. I treat everybody how I would like to be treated. So when James gives me a hug and I sit there and I rock back and forth with James, I mean that shit. When I hug people and I bother people, I mean that it ain't nothing light about anything that I do. Nothing. I do everything that I do with a purpose. So please believe me. Please believe me when I tell you. I'm not playing no games about this Black Lives Matter shit. I'm not. Don't crack no jokes about me. And I say about me because you're talking about me. Don't crack no jokes. Don't go and do some underhanded shit. If you don't fuck with me, tell me now. Unfollow me now. You ain't even got to say hi to me no more. I'm t I'm, I, pr I promise you it won't be no sweat off my fucking back. I do not care. I'm tired. As a black person, I'm fucking tired. So just imagine these people coming up through this. Just look at those people. You don't even need to listen to me. Look at the young people that are coming up that are younger than me. Like there is so much that I can apply to the dynamic of understanding what's happening. But the fact of the matter is I'm tired of trying to make people understand. There are adults out here. If you can't say right now that you are treating everyone the exact same way that you want to be treated, then you need to look at yourself. It's that fucking simple. If you treated anybody else outside of that, you need to look at yourself, man. Because that shit is, it's, I'm telling you right now, treat people how you want to be treated. It's not that fucking hard. That goes to everybody in the community. Treat people how you want to be treated. I'm, t I'm telling you, bro, this is all, that's the move. That's it. It's not fucking, my, my mother taught me this. And my father, that dude was mean to me. But he also taught me this shit. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I, that's what I brought to what we do. You know what I'm saying? I'm never going to try to go outside that range of making people understand that this community is, it, it's helped me so much. It's helped me so much. And that's why I'm always going to be thankful. I'm always going to be thankful. And I know once again, to go back to my original point, I know once again there are some people in the community that make some very, very stupid decisions. And in all honesty, it might just be the way that they feel. And if that's the case, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Boca said it. This boy is club shit, man. Like, come on, bro. Come on, man. Man, y'all don't know what that shit sound like. Boys club, fuck out of here, bro. If you playing with your boys and you trying to alienate somebody, fuck out of here. I don't want to play with you. If I can't bring the homies, then what the fuck I'm going to come around for? If you can't be there with me in the same place to play games in the middle of the night, hang out with friends, you know what I'm saying? Then why do I need to be there? I shouldn't have to explain the existence of anybody to you. I shouldn't. And nor should they. <laughs> like, <laughs> to be real, they don't need to explain themselves to you. They made a decision to be in a space to play video games because they like video games just like you. Boom. That's all you need. Done. End of discussion. That's it. Hey, you like JoJo's? Well, I fucking love JoJo's. You like comic books? Did you say comic books? You know what I'm saying? Guilty Gear? Fuck you know about Guilty Gear. Let's talk. That's, that's what I'm here for. Yo, you want to play some games? Let's play some games. You want to enter this tournament? Let's enter this tournament. Rip, fuck me up in the hotel. I'm trying to get better. That's why I'm at this event. That's why I'm playing video games. That's why I'm in this community. And it still has made amazing things happen for me. And that's... It's... I just really want people to understand that uh, I know that shit gets pretty bad out here.
but I want y'all to know it's a lot of good people in this community too. Two of these people on the screen are two good people that I know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and y'all know a lot of them too. Y'all know a lot of them. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all know a lot of those people. So make sure, like, while you're in this community, that you appreciate this space. Because it's not, one, it's not afforded to everybody. It's not. It's not afforded to everybody. So you should be thankful, first and foremost. And two, you, you are being surrounded by people who have instant connection to you based off of a hobby. You should be ready to be and willing to open your mind and your arms up to them to spread information so they can be more comfortable. Make it bigger for everybody else. So please believe me when I tell you, man. Y'all need to stop being little kids in this fucking community. Stop it. Please stop it. I'd never bring my, my little sister around this event if people keep acting like they crazy. You know what I'm saying? All my family knows what I do. But if I got to worry about some stupid person saying something dumb to him, you think I'm going to bring him? And if I do bring him and you say or do something stupid, let me find out. Let, all I'm saying is that I respect, I respect the community. And for me, that's why I will never try and never plan to disrespect this community. And anybody who does so, they should be put on notice. And if your intentions aren't pure in this community to make this shit grow bigger than it already is, to support everybody, no matter who they are. You know what I'm saying? Until they, until they show themselves not wanting to be a part of this community, let's all be here together. Let's, let's have fun and do this shit together. Because I guarantee you that's the only reason I'm here. I don't, I'm not going to put my energy in some shit that I can't do with people that I care for enough to talk to them about it. You know what I'm saying? So, um... I can rant about shit like this all day. Hey. Uh, but uh, I believe I said, I think the message is, is pretty clear. Uh, I do want to say one more time, though. Uh, David, James, I appreciate y'all, man. I not, not just on some fighting game shit, but real life. Hey, I appreciate that, Steve, and I feel the same way about you. You know, it's... Thanks a lot for coming on. Um, can you check your DMs real fast? Yeah. On, on Discord, yeah. Oh, Discord? Oh, shit. Hold up. Yeah. Um, oh, hold on. Uh, <laughs> all, all I'm going to say, um, Steve, is uh, I just... I want to give you a big old hug right now. <laughs> um... So just for the record, I wanna I wanna before I get back to that, James, don't 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 think I forgot about you. I do wanna say, um, just on the line of these protests and and uh when the Mike Brown protest happens, uh I want I wanna say uh rest in peace to Darren Seals. Darren Seals was uh an activist that was killed during the Mike Brown protest. These people aren't fighting for anything other than, you know what I'm saying, to be treated fairly to to be given the opportunity just like everybody else has been given the opportunity and as scary as it may seem that all these things are happening um i can tell you right now that it's still scary for me too it's so scary for me too because you have to remember man this creates this creates more eyes you know this creates more for people to look at. They're going to be there and be like, well, hey, look at this. And you're going to have people saying all these things, right? 
But like when my family was there, they'd tell you they were like, "Hey, man, you're gonna get people good and bad to do stuff. It's that's all the way. It's always gonna be that way." But you know where your heart is, you know. I knew a lot of people that was out there on the front line of these. Pro I know them personally. My mother called me and told me. She said, "Steve, I'm happy you're not in St. Louis." And I said, "Why?" She's like, "Because you know too many people, and you would have been out there too." And I know that's true. I know that's true because those just knowing that those people got hurt, got tear gas, got mace, pepper sprayed, and now you have children going out there getting pepper sprayed, and you have people. These police officers are being malicious in the sense because people are fighting back. All you all all in all honesty, we wanted to change in the world and I feel like everybody wants to change is for police officers to stop killing black people. And there's still many a many things that have not been done. So it's so much shit that has not been touched on because people don't understand it. Why do you have to keep explaining people wanting to live to other people who want to live? Like how is that? How is that? How do you justify that? So, so coming from somebody who has seen how Ferguson plays out, I was alive during the Rodney King riots. I remember talking to my mother about it. Please go back and read that history to understand what this changes. Because I can tell you right now, things are already changing. You know, things are already changing for police officers, and where they're telling you, "Hey, man, five minutes before and after your shift, that camera can't come off, or you will be charged." And you do have other places like Arizona which is actually trying to charge people money to get access to that footage for police cams, right? And this is how in tune I am, because I, I'm a black person, and I love video games, and I love comics, and all that stuff that I mentioned, but I have to be aware of these things. I have to be aware of these things, because they directly affect me, and people who look like me. So if at any point in time I can do and say and help any of those people who even resemble me, I'm going to do so. That is why I will never stop talking about this. There will never be a case where I'm going to, until this shit is fixed, I'm never going to stop talking about it. Please, please educate yourselves on history before you go out of your way. You know what I'm saying? To point a finger or point blame or, or try to even misunderstand. Go out of your way to look at the other side of things that are happening out here. Man, shout outs to my bro Luca. I definitely just saw his name in the chat. That's another person, man. I got so much love for this dude, Luca, man. This dude has literally, literally made me. So I see Luca and I'm like, damn, bro. I met this dude in California. Never in a million years. Never. He is somebody that is so unique that, like, I cannot believe that I had the opportunity to meet him, you know? Like, it changes your world, man. And, David, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> so, I do. Like, you're right. Like, y'all know that, like, I, like, I appreciate stuff like that. So I don't want to have to, you know what I'm saying? Like, this, this community has helped me be a better person because I understand that not everybody is like the other side. And I'm not saying the world is filled with bad people, but sometimes there are people out there that does not have your best interest at heart. And I'm happy to be in a community where I feel like a large chunk of these people have my best, have my best at heart. They don't want me to get hurt. I don't want y'all to get hurt. I don't want anybody to get hurt. I don't want, I really just want to come, chill, relax, play games, talk about comics, freak out, yell in a movie theater every now and then, and then talk shit when I'm done. So please, please, please understand. Uh, this goes out to the community and everybody that's listening. Please spread that message, man. Like, this is a community. Y'all already have shit in common.
we, we're here to bring together, not separate, spread far apart. It's bad enough we got to play online. Please, let's not make it go further. <laughs> let's let's not spread us even further apart. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I uh yeah, James, just the same, man. I appreciate you, man. You know that. Like, it's so many people out here that will go out of their way to do and say some shitty shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> shitty shit. There's <laughs> so many people that go out of their way to do it, man. It's nice to, you know, have somebody I can always hug, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm a hugger, so. Me too. <laughs> I hug the homies. That's just how it goes, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people out there that know that. There's some that don't don't run up on me trying to hug me, you know what I'm saying? But I definitely do give hugs. Ask me for a hug. I'll give you a hug. There's people out there that will tell you, Steve, I just met you. Can I get a hug? Fucking bring it in. We finna hug it out. Ask Rip. Rip will tell you. We've literally been in other countries. And I've seen people with the hate free hugs. I've literally gotten off a, off a train in Japan and went and hugged that person. Because I <laughs> like that's the kind of person I am. Please never doubt that. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I want everybody to be comfortable. I want everybody to come and chill. I want this to be a safe space, man. I want this to be a safe space. Because for me, it's a safe space. I want it to be a safe space, I should say. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking from my side, and I know there's people out there who have experienced otherwise. But for me, like, this shit saved me, man. I wouldn't be talking to y'all if it wasn't for the community. Think about that. If this was not a community, y'all would not be listening to me right now. It's 565 in here right now. None of y'all would not. Y'all wouldn't even know who the fuck I was. I could have been a statistic by now. Literally a statistic. And that's just based off of where I come from and the color of my skin. Well, even without the Turn. FGC, you'd be the guy freaking out over the White Ranger anyway, so, you know. You hear me? Actually, that's... That's, <laughs> that's, that's definitely true. That's definitely true. Oh, damn. You know, I forget about that video a lot, you know? <laughs> we'll always, we'll re always remind you, Steve. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, thank you. I really do appreciate that. Oh, man. Well, look... I definitely have uh, a lot of work to do. Uh, I've been streaming a lot these days. Uh, once again, I do appreciate you guys providing a space for not just me to come on and talk, but, you know, for Sharpie. I saw you guys had Cuddlecore on. I saw you guys had Amanda on as well. And I mean what I say. I mean what I say. Like, for me, the community is a safe space. And I would love to create a safer place for everybody in this community because I want people to feel how I feel. I want people to get hyped like I get hyped, you know what I'm saying? And if that comes from this place being that much safer, then let's make this place that much safer so we can come and all fucking go ham together. Let's go yell at the top of our lungs together. Let's make other people jealous that they don't have a community to go in and share these interests, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I'm here. You want to know what my motivation is? When I go from any other platform to another platform, they're like, Steve, man, you're in these video games. No, me in these fighting games. I fucking love this shit. That's, what, that's why I do it. That's why I'm able to do it because that's what the community has done for me. I, I project what the community does for me. You know what I'm saying? Please remember that. Please remember that. Yeah. Anti-particle beat me to it, but I was going to yell, make some noise. Oh, shit. Make some noise. <laughs> I got to make some noise in the chat. Oh, let's go. Yo, Taste Buzz, if you're in the chat, please make some noise. Be some gods out there, yeah? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, nah, man, I really do. Oh, shit, mama, dad, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, let's go. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's great. 
Oh man, but uh, <laughs> yo, that's love. That's love. That's why I ask, man. That's how I know y'all out there. That's how I know y'all out there. Shout outs to the taste buds. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Um, but nah, man. Uh, I'm not trying to be no preacher out here, but I really just want y'all to know. Oh my like, god. I got a lot of love. Damn, somebody dropping them off in the chat. Somebody's dropping them off in the chat. Yo, 88 the stream monster, I see you too. Mo Pichu, I see you too. Um But no, uh Yeah, but I and I mean I said just to go back to my earlier sentiment, man, part of the reason that I'm I'm doing what I'm doing uh is because I was motivated by you guys, man. I was motivated by like listening to Rip and them like commentate and the Mike Rosses and the Gutex. I'm I am a student. I am a student of what you guys have done, believe it or not. I am a student of what you guys have created. That's why I can do what I do to the effectiveness that I have done it. Because I have people like Mark Man, you know what I'm saying? All these people that I ran into, you know? There's so many people that have taught me so much about this community that I thought I knew where I was at. But, like, I have to thank the community. I have to thank you guys. And I'm all, I know I get mad. Like, I do it all the time where I'm like, yo, man, I appreciate you guys. But I mean that shit. This is not me. Uh, this is not anything else other than just me saying, like, hey, man, I know what the other side is like. I know what that shit feels like to not be able to, to have somebody to talk to, not be able to share those interests, and not be able to have a safe space. Part of the reason that I am doing this is because I want to recreate that. I want people to feel how I feel. That's what I want. I want y'all to feel how I feel. In this space, I want y'all to feel how I feel in a good way. All right, man. Well, I appreciate the kind words. No need for that, but I appreciate that. Uh, I've often said that I think that of all the people who do commentary, you are the one who is most naturally, like, the entertainer. I mean, seriously, like, some of us learned how to do it or, like, are still learning how to do it. But for you, that side of things is something that comes more naturally to you than to anybody else, uh, for sure. Like, you're far and away, on, I think, on, on that front in terms of being a natural. Um, so... I appreciate that, David. Real talk. Yeah, you know, I, of course. You know, I, just, do. I appreciate Just from my own yeah, personal uh, anecdote is when we did that Pocky thing at the Capcom Pro Tour. Oh, my you, God. You had to, like, talk to the audience during one of the breaks. They had thrown me out there by myself at first, and I was like, ah. And then they were like, Steve, come join him. And then it was just like, it was it was wild, dude. Like, I can't, Bro. I couldn't keep up. Like, your energy, your charisma and your passion just like bleeds from your, you know, just it just emanates from you, and it's uh, it's a, uh, it's 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 very admirable. It's very admirable. Well, we're very lucky to have you in the community, and you know, I I think sometimes about how uh, lucky it is that you ended up. You know, meeting people in the fighting game scene and the, the all the series, the chain of events that led you to come out to California and take commentary more seriously. And I think, too, about how, how many people there are, how many extremely talented black people there are who come from the same area that you come from who, you know, didn't have that luck. Exactly. And uh, that's something I think about sometimes. And, and I'm very glad that, at least in your case, you're here. But I hope that for more people, we can yeah. make a better situation so it's not just about luck in the future way man i just once again man and like this goes for a lot of the commentators out there who was doing this long before i you you guys definitely paved the way like i don't know how many times i gotta say this but you guys have to remember i i watched you guys sitting in my father's attic 
I watched you guys down the street on my friend's computer because I could not afford a computer. That's where I come from. You guys have done an, a job. Thank you. All right. I, I would not be here without you guys. It's not about us, all right? Come on. I just want y'all to know. You wanted to give us compliments, all right? I'm just saying. That goes for everybody. Look, y'all know who y'all are in the community. I got a lot of love for y'all. Y'all know who y'all are. I just want to make sure y'all get y'all flowers while y'all can still smell them. Y'all know I'm always a fan, always a friend. That's, that's my motto, bro. All right, bud. All right, man. Let me get out of here. Yo, man, one more time. Make some noise for James and David, man. Real shit. Real shit. Yo, taste buds. Y'all better make some fucking noise out there. I don't get to curse this much on, on David's and them streams, so I'm going to do it again. Yo, make some fucking noise out there, man. I actually rock these dudes hard body. All right, man. I'm leaving now. Y'all be good. Y'all know how to contact me. It's always love. Uh, James, I need you to snuggle the kittens extra hard for me because I haven't seen them in a while, but I will. you know I'm a fan of the kitties. Dude, just so everybody knows... A true story. My cats even know how genuine Steve is. The very first time Tasty Steve came to my house and met my cats, Nathan walked right up to him and just flopped over and was like, please give me yeah. the rods, dude. Like, <laughs> he was like, yo, he never does that. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, he just walked right up to you. Just walked right up and went plop. And he was like, this man is the real one right here. <laughs> well, yo, man. Oh, well, look, man, please continue to be yourselves, guys. I appreciate you. I'm going to get out of here. Have a great rest of your stream. Shout outs to everybody in the chat. I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Oh, yeah. And if you want to follow me um, at Tasty underscore Steve on Twitter, oh, Instagram, and on Twitch as well. Uh, I just recently started posting videos on my YouTube. I'm pretty sure it has something to do with my name, which is also Tasty Steve. I can't remember off the top of my head because I'm new to the streamer life. But hopefully you guys give me a follow on there. And uh, I'll see you guys later. Thanks, man. Later. Uh, thanks in the meantime as well to people who have given us all the subs, to Wild Monk, SFV, and to Mama Dao, uh, and to uh, T-Sports and everybody else. We really appreciate the support. That's not really the reason why we do this, uh, right? at least for these shows. I think it's much more important to hear from other people, but I, I do appreciate that as well. Yeah, and I definitely had Tasty Steve's Twitter correct the entire time with the underscore Steve. Oh man! Oh yeah, no, <laughs> no well, I had it wrong too. the whole time. So now I, now I feel like an idiot. So <laughs> oh, that's man. all right. Uh, all right. Well, um, I encourage everybody uh, to go back and watch what everybody had to say. If you just came here, or if you came partway through Steve's, or even partway through Sharpies, go back and watch Bokens. We'll have the video up tomorrow. Uh, but in addition, last week we spoke with Amanda and Hell Pockets and um, Kalkor and David, Calm Warrior, and they all had very different perspectives, very interesting yeah. ideas uh, brought up as well in their chats. So I really recommend checking that out on yeah. the YouTube as well. One of, one of the best things about it is that literally all seven people that we've had on have had all sorts of different experiences and all sorts sure. of different you know feelings on the FGC and everything. And that's why I think it's awesome just to kind of get the diverse perspective from everybody to really yeah, man. Uh, hammer home you know what's been going on here and stuff so yep no group of people is a monolith everybody's got their own thoughts yep very nice to talk with folks all right wow thanks i guess for the level five hype train as i wasn't even paying attention yeah. <laughs> much obliged everybody uh, so anything else to say for now james 
you on know, this? One of the things that I just kind of wanted to, to mention, uh, sorry, again, this is just kind of like a, a thought on the whole Black Lives Matter thing, but, you know, one of the yeah. key videos out there, uh, most people have probably seen the videos of Juliet Morgan, you know, the, the, the older lady who's been kind of fighting for, you know, edu- try to educate people yeah. on racial equality. And, you know, when Steve said, you know, you know, just understand what it's like when people walk around with, you know, in the color of my skin and everything. You know, there was the one lesson where Julia Morgan was talking to a classroom full of, you know, white people and just said, stand up if you, you know, are willing to trade skin colors and live the rest of your life that way. And not a single one of them stood up, which meant they knew what it meant. You know what I mean? We all know what it means. And so when people try to tell you that, you know, there is no color and that kind of thing, you know, it's just not true. You know the truth. You know exactly what's happening out there. So, you know, just kind of keep that in mind. So, oh, was it Jane Elliott? Is that her name? Oh, God, I got her name wrong. Sorry. Jane Elliott. I looked it up in the names and I got the wrong name, I guess. So there you go. Jane Elliott is her name. So I remember it began with a J. So sorry about that. My bad. All right. Okay. Uh, Not a big deal. Every time I try to make an important comment, I always screw it up somehow. So. Not the, that part of it was the least important. So don't, <laughs> don't worry about it. The, everything else is more important. Man. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come yep. back, we do have some fighting game stuff to talk about. So Okay, uh, sounds good. We'll do that. All right, be right back, guys. But, you know, uh, shout-outs to the uh, gift sub from Pugas. Appreciate that. Um, you know, when Shankar in the chat said that you always know Steve is being real... Steve, you know, had the comments of, you know, we're just all here to have some fun and play some games and everything like that, you know. It's just, you know, as commentators as well, you know, this kind of goes to what Purple Sharpie was saying and what Tasty Steve was saying, but, you know, the most important thing is, you know, be yourself and uh, have a good time and use whatever power and influence you have just to spread the enjoyment of this community, man. Just like such an awesome community it's so much fun you know the passion and the drive from everybody in this community is so overflowing with you know genuineness and if you're here for any other reason outside of here to spread the love of fighting games and and to show other people how you know why fighting games are such a good time and to have a good time yourself, you know, if you're here for any other reason, maybe consider trying to find something else, because fighting games are always going to be about passion, they're always going to be about passion and, and a love for the I know that's true of a lot of things out there, but I don't know, I'm going to be biased because obviously I'm in the fighting game community. That's my good baby. There's something about the fighting game community that just loses that kind of passion and and, and realism that I don't see in a lot of other places I feel like, so that's all. I do 
kind of apologize, you know, I, I, obviously these streams are for our guests to speak and to talk about their stuff, um, I don't want You better to not be about to apologize for getting emotional, alright? Yeah, I just, I don't, I just, I didn't want to be distracting and I didn't want to, like, kind of make it about me or anything like that, so... Come on. I, I... about some fighting game <laughs> oh man all right no once again you know not to not to make too light of it but shout outs to everybody who comes on here and you know continues the talk and like i said uh last doesn't stop here we'll keep trying to bring on more people as we can so correct okay okay fighting game news we actually have tournaments to talk about yet again it's amazing we went like three months or longer without almost anything to talk about. Now, we do have a couple of things. Obviously, all online. That's how it's going to go. So, let's chat about the Capcom Pro Tour Online 2020 Southeast Asia number one. Yeah, see, unlike the East one, which I didn't see, this one was actually on at a time that I could easily catch it. So, I was able to watch the majority of this event. (laughs) East of North America... Not the right time. East of Asia, the right time. Wow. <laughs> well, um, I actually didn't watch very much of it at all because, uh, well, the exact opposite reason. Oh, man. Yeah. It wasn't a great time zone for me. <laughs> no, but it, it was good stuff. It was really cool to watch and it was really awesome to see how strong, you know, Singapore was and... And, mm-hmm. you know, I know you wanted to bring this up a little bit later, so I don't want to, like, steal your thunder or anything like that. But, you know, I love the interview segments that they're doing in the pre-show that Logan and yes. F-Word and, and Jammers and everybody are doing. And, you know, when they interviewed Sien and he talked about how much he's trying to grow his community in, in Singapore. And then you immediately see this event and like the top eight, the top 16 was like full of Singapore players. You know, you know, that's got to make Sien very proud. And I think that's that that was something that really stood out to me. And I think was very cool. For sure, man. I agree. I really like those uh, those pre-videos that they mm-hmm. do. Those are really nice. All right, we'll talk about the results. So, winner was uh, Shyama SKZ yeah. with Seth. Seth. Second place, Chuan with Guile. Third, Razor Sien with Ibuki and Seth. Mm-hmm. Fourth, RSG Bravery Cami. Fifth were Aaron Monarung with Nash, Zeku, the and Vega as well as Potato Nash. 09 with, uh, with Mika. And then seventh were Mind RPG Bison and KOF Master Manat. Yeah. A lot of variety. 
obviously, uh, I don't know how to pronounce the name correctly, uh, Aaron Man or, or Aaron Man, um, but his Nash, I mean, he switched away from Nash. His secondary was Vega and his tertiary was Zeku. Imagine busting out Zeku as your yeah. tertiary for bad matchups. <laughs> but his Nash, uh, Aaron Manorong is what it is. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. the, but the, his Nash was so impressive. Was so fun to watch, and it really made it look like that character, you know, felt almost season one ish uh, in some of the matches that he had. He ran some people over. It was cool. crazy. So I was really excited to see this. Part of my belief that I don't think there's a bad character in the game. Obviously, there's characters who fit in the lowest relative tier, but, you know, I don't yeah. think anyone's bad. I agree with you. There will always be tears, but this one's pretty good about it. Yeah, yeah. So Seth showed up in first a, there'll place. Be, there'll never be a shortage of tears here on the Ultra Chan Tuesday show. So, Aww. <laughs> I hope not. Seriously, though, I hope not. Uh, so Seth, first and part of third. Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe when Seth came out that anybody thought that character wasn't like right away one of the best characters in the game. That seems. <laughs> I said that on this program. Yes, in fact. Uh, I remember. I remember. And you had the tweet out there, you know, that you were like, the hottest take is how anybody could think the hot take is that he might be top tier. You I, know? It's like very clear to me that Seth is amazing. But uh, anyway, it was cool. I saw some of the matches in retrospect, not uh, live, but mm -hmm. I saw some of the matches. And I was very interested in how CN used Seth, some tools that I haven't seen other people use in the same way. But that's to be expected for a player like Sien. He's very inventive. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really nice. Yeah, no, I mean, I think Seth is clearly, you know, solidifying themselves as one of the best characters in the game. And, you know, the yeah. best part about it was that when I watched SKZ and I watched CN, they had very different styles and they also use different V triggers and different V skills and everything. So this character has a lot of potential for a lot of good variety. And I gotta say, CN's use of Seth's standing heavy kick was immaculate. I mean, it was... Right, that's was, one of the things I thought was very interesting. It was, yeah. it was like... Like weird, weird analogy, but it was really like Doom ground finger lasers. The way that he was using it, it was just controlling this space, spines from freaking Baraka. You know, he was using it as a means to control that space. It wasn't even like a footsie's poke kind of thing. It was a preemptive kind of control, and it was it was it was so beautiful that the way he was using it. So, shout out to Sien. Yeah. Anything else to say about that one? Um, no, uh, good stuff. Good stuff to the tournament. So, okay. Agreed. CEO 2020 Online Edition. Mm -hmm. CE Online, however you're going to pronounce that. This was an online tournament, of course, and it had some unusual picks, I thought, for an online tournament. Mortal <laughs> Kombat Aftermath. Okay, fine. Netcode's pretty good. Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, although done in a unique way. Yeah. And Ultra Street Fighter 4. Yeah, the, 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 again, for the people who aren't aware, UMVC3 is trying this new method out there that doesn't just use Parsec, but also uses uh, Amazon uh, server, ser the AWS, I forgot AWS. what it stands for. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they basically, web services. Yeah, web services, that's what it is. But they basically host it on a external platform, the game is played there, and then using Parsec, is they only transmit the inputs back and forth 
And actually, they don't even need to go back and forth. They only basically need to go yeah. one way for the input. Just to the, the one image spot. Is just, cool. It's only the image that's transported back, so they can kind of get around some of the uh, the lag. And I think a, a, a few other scenes are trying it. Like, I've heard Samurai mm-hmm. Showdown is doing some Parsec stuff, and so it's actually really, really kind of interesting, the technology people are trying to use for this. For sure. Let's talk about the results of this. Oh, by the way, before we talk about the results... We talk about how Jabaley was like tweeting, especially the days leading up, about like going to the Wyndham and being like, "Oh, hey everybody, I've showed up at the Wyndham." Oh, but nobody's there. And it was just, I I felt sad for him, right? And I don't know what his intention was, but I felt like he was like making himself cry <laughs> in those <laughs> tweets. I don't know. Uh, I hope he was doing okay for real. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was not easy. He's such an extrovert. You know, he's he is somebody who needs to be around people. Yeah, I think many of us can get by. I'm not necessarily an extrovert. I feel like I'm kind of in between. But you know, I like I like having time to myself. Some people are more on that side of things. Jabali is <laughs> the extrovert. So I think for him it's particularly difficult. Well, let me ask you this question uh, about CEO because he tweeted this out. I generally don't participate in a lot of these kind of tweets, you know, about like what was your most memorable CEO moment kind of things, you know. Yeah. Uh, what would you What would you say is one of your favorites, honestly? Favorite CEO moment. Jeez, uh, mm-hmm. that's something I would really have to think about for a while. It's so hard for me to remember what matches happened at what yeah, event and what year. It's, everything know, is just a complete blur. It, it's kind of unfair for me to put you on the spot like that. Such a blur. But when I what I think about most is not the matches. You know, we talked about this, right, but right. whenever somebody asks me like, "What's your favorite moment from whatever it was?" I almost never say the match. So I guess what I would really say is hanging out in the hot tub and kiddie pool section with my friends. Yeah, at the Wyndham. I will also, I mean, I, probably just from the event, like, for me as a commentary moment, I think one of my favorite commentary moments at CEO was the the Dominion intro. <laughs> mm, classic. <laughs> the Dominion classic intro. <laughs> yeah, it's bit. funny because Tiny Tanks just mentioned it. I mean, because... Oh, the classic ab- bit, yeah. Because the, the thing about it was, one of the funniest things about that, I mean, not to break the illusion, I was actually told about what the intro was going to be beforehand. And so that's why when the lights went out and everything, I could kind of hype it up and play it along with sure. it, you know, that I was like, That's wait, good. what's going on? Where is he? You know, and, and yeah, it, it was there. It was awesome. <laughs> well, for the CE online, they still had people do, they still had people uh, uh, record their intros. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty cool. So they still kept that part of it around. Anyway, let's talk about the results. In Mortal Kombat 11, winner was Twixie with Sub. Second place was Sim2Easy with Scarlet. Third was PG Katana Prime with Jade. ATL Fierce. Fourth was with Lau after that. Pretty cool. Uh, Twixie, I believe, is from North Carolina, although I'm not mega sure. Let me know if that's wrong in the chat, but I believe that's right. And I think is historically more of like a caliber player and is has been playing NRS games, but I think this is the first time that he's done anything hmm. that's so strong. Okay. Oh, is it? Twixie? Oh, was it reversed? I didn't. I didn't watch this part live. Oh, okay, so Twixie is a Scarlet player, huh? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, because I saw Twixie talking about how he had to face two really hard matches for Scarlet, and he was like really happy to have come oh, over okay, it. Okay, okay. 
That makes sense, actually. Yeah, yeah. Pokin as well. Okay, there you go. So Calibre and Pokin, but doing great work in MK11. That's awesome. Good stuff. Definitely, yeah. I think that's really great. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. In... By the way, really good character variety in that top eight as well. You also had Mufasa fifth with Jackie and Garrus, Zintai fifth with Shang, seventh were Isla's, uh, Hello Larry with Cetrion, and then seventh was Adam the Gray to round it out. And it sounds like in Ultra be, Street what, Fighter I was about Four, to say, it sounds like they're doing a pretty good job too because with Robocop because you feel like he's a good zoner and uh, no one's complaining about him. So you know maybe NRS found like one of the secrets here. <laughs> Oh, not, but not, individual people are complaining about him for sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, but without, without saying that he's too good, but, you know, I'm definitely winning matches online where I'm doing nothing but throwing Tiger shots, gotcha. and uh, some people aren't happy about that on the internet. <laughs> you know how it goes. You know how, you know how people are. Yeah. Ultra Street Fighter Four results, ML Square wins with Hakan. Second place was DSC XWAX Solid with Ryu, and third place was... Fox with Bison. Fourth was Neon with Rose. Um, Shoutouts to ML Swear, who has continued to play. Cool to see Hakan. It's just a... I was very curious about what that character's long-term position would be if anybody kept playing the game, and they have, obviously, right? Right. Um, so it's very cool to see somebody doing some of the stuff that back in the day, like, I thought would be good, but... I couldn't do it because I just didn't have enough hand control at the time, and nobody else was doing it, and so I had to play this weird game of like, well, I think the character's good, but like, I don't have any proof for that. <laughs> and then at the end of the game's major tournament lifespan, ML Square started coming out, started to do good work, and obviously just kept playing. So I thought that was really cool to see. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I've always said that Hakan is the best character in the game when oil. <laughs> you have always said that. It's true. <laughs> I still think that's right. I mean, I think that character, you know, you know my thoughts about that yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that character it's is funny because uh, I was talking with uh, somebody about uh, Soul Calibur, and uh, Amy is a strong character in that game, and she has the ability to power up red roses and purple roses. If she gets four of each, she goes into purple mode. And uh, the person talking to me was like, yeah, when she gets both both when she goes into purple mode she's unarguably the best character in the game and that's the first thing i thought about i was like okay hakan <laughs> hakan went oiled up yeah ultimate marvel 3 was won by data drutorius with zero doom virgil second was tns ronan healy with taskmaster doom sentinel third was jason kiddo with hagar dorm magneto nice so nice work to everybody out there okay Anything else to say about these tournaments? Uh, I did not get a chance to see any of it, so I, I unfortunately I don't have really any too much to add to that. So we move on. In that case, okay. we don't have a real five-five matchup because I figured that you know we would have guests on and we probably wouldn't have enough time to do the whole community vote thing. Right. Uh, uh, probably has ended up being correct. <laughs> so <laughs> instead. We were just going to chat about some of the community business going on. Yeah. In this, and sort of have a little talk about it. Yeah. In particular, of course, the revelations from the past couple of days that have led up to uh, today Mike Z being banned from a lot of events and. Uh, as Sharpie was referencing the official, right. you know, uh, statement and, you know, signed signed statement by a bunch of people in the schoolgirls community. Yeah. Right, right. They banned Mike. I don't know that we, 
I don't know that I want to talk about that too much because Sharpie, I think, is probably the best person to hear from, or one of the best people to hear from in that situation, and she has given her thoughts already. Um, so, I mean, you know, let's listen to that. Um, but uh, it's not just Mike um, who, you know, has been banned, I think quite reasonably so. Um, I mean, well, the one thing I want to do say about Mike, though, totally, is that, totally. you know, um, you know, the first time after that, you know, commentary session, I had mentioned, you know, I was like, hey, I do think that he should be banned. You know, I kind of did feel like Combo Breaker should ban him and everything like that. I did yeah. also make the qualification that I was like, well, I don't actually think Mike is racist, you know, but, you know, I think this is an important lesson to be learned. But, you know, after stuff like this has been happening and some of the stories coming up, you know, I don't want to make any presumptions about him or anything because obviously it's hard to know a lot of the times what people are like when you're not looking kind of situation. So uh, I I do kind of want to take back that statement a little bit. But, you know, I, I, I do think he should have been banned previously. And I, I'm glad it happened this time as well. Uh, if anything, you know, like I said, just to just to make sure that it, it hits home you know, kind of thing. And... Well, I guess one thing I would say about it in, in addition, uh, first off, that I think it's, like I said, I think it's a good decision. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Al Capone theory of sexual harassment. Have you heard about that? No, I have not, actually. So Al Capone was a gangster, of course, of course. 100 years ago, and he was ultimately busted, but not for like, the really bad, like, gang activity stuff. Uh-huh. Instead, he got busted for tax evasion? Yes, Tax yeah. issues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I forget it was evasion or whatever, but it's tax issues. Evasion. Uh, so, this theory is that if somebody is doing, if somebody is doing something really bad they may also be doing something not as bad and vice versa if something if somebody's doing something that's tax evasion maybe they're also doing real gnarly stuff like right. being a mm-hmm. mob boss um and so this this theory is basically like if you know you if there's smoke there's fire right that mm-hmm. kind of same mm-hmm. analogy and i think it's kind of right in this instance i don't know that it's categorically right but it seems like it probably is right here where when you see somebody say something that is pretty messed up as sharpie was talking about before and and Mm -hmm. steve as well there was something else there right right? and that's bad treatment of women and maybe worse depending on which allegations are right out there um and if we had known well some people obviously knew about that but but taking that maybe it's less of a surprise that he would also make this you know grotesque attempt at a joke right as he did on the Skullgirl stream so i think that that's that's something that is used in sort of code of conduct circles that that working theory of well you know you ban somebody you get rid of worse behavior rather than than the stuff that you just ban them for and if you decide not to ban them you may leave them around to do actually worse things right okay you know again i don't know that it's categorically true but it does seem like it's uh it's correct in this instance okay all right um it's not just Mike, though, right? So, so Mike's issues came to light in just kind of a general upwelling. We talked about this briefly last week, but it's continued within esports, gaming, yeah. streaming, right? So there have been 
developers and major streamers and big esports players and and giant esports commentators uh, all busted um, for various kinds of bad behavior, sexual harassment, racism, uh, abuse towards employees. More than I had hoped there would be, but maybe not as many as would surprise me, to be frank. Certainly in some of those instances, I have been surprised. Some of them have been good friends of mine, and it's very strange to see. And in each of those cases, you know, I think back, like, were there signs that I should have seen? Maybe there were, but I didn't. And I, I don't, it's hard to know how to deal with it. But what I, what I did was uh, send them messages personally. I don't know. It's weird to be just on Twitter in public with people who I thought of as friends and have known for many years in some cases. Um, so I don't know. I reached out, but uh, uh, to what to what end? I don't know. I'm just saying I, I don't really know how to handle it. So I sent them personal messages as well as talking about it on Twitter. Uh, it sucks. I'm I'm sorry that the people who did those things have been around for so long. It's something that man. And some of those instances were were going back many many years. And while for some people that pattern of behavior has stopped, for some it has not. And in those cases, I think in particular, we need to get those folks out of the community. So some of those people have been banned. They've been removed from their own organizations and firms that they started. They've been, they've retired. You know, they've been kicked off of, off of Twitch. They've been kicked off of, of Twitter. Um, there's just a lot coming out right yeah, now. And, and I'm really sorry that it took so long. One of the I things... Think, I think, frankly, oh, I, mean, you I know, wish it had happened earlier, but... It's just one of those things, you know, what, you know, obviously there's bravery in numbers. And a lot of the times the reason why people don't say these things is because you put yourself in a position to be attacked. You're, you know, from an isolated standpoint, you're saying this and you're going up against somebody who has this big old following and it's like impossible really to get anything going. I don't remember which was the one that started the domino, but like one person talked about it and it really kind of opened. It was it was the uh, streaming, almost kind of the streaming Me Too movement where right. a bunch totally. of people started coming out about it and talking about these things, you know, uh, some some very, very big names as well. I just made sure to test it in chat. You know, the, the bless RNG emote is completely gone because he was one of the guys that got, uh, you know, caught or got uh, allegations as well. The important thing, though, is that, you know, what happens a lot of the times, you see a lot of people come back with the argument. This is like allegations with no proof and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, yeah. oh, you know, what happened to, you know, innocent until proven guilty kind of things like that. And, you know, one of the things that I wanted to say on Twitter, I just I just never pulled the trigger on clicking the tweet button is just, you know, I just really hope everybody out there you know, believes in all the stories that are coming out. You know, it would take some sort of crazy kind of uh, organization to have all these people try to be, you know, with false accusations. If you look at uh, the history, like statistics, they don't have accurate statistics because so many people are scared to report anything. But like, it's only like 10%, maybe less than 10% of any sort of these kind of accusations turn out to be false. And so when you have this giant... Sexual harassment. Yeah, sexual harassment. uh, When you have this volume of people coming out and saying these kind of things, you know, 
you have to pay attention. You have to understand that, you know, most of these stories are true and that you have to understand that, um, you know, that we have to take it seriously. You know, those that try to just brush it off flippantly and not give it another thought are, are, are kind of fooling themselves, you know? I think you're right. Yeah. And I think that in, in cases where multiple people credibly accuse somebody, like, it's very unlikely that those are all false. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, some of them I know there is more detail that just isn't or can't be public. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not, it, although the general public may not see all of the stuff, there's more stuff. Uh, and I understand from the perspective of somebody who, who doesn't have access to that material. Not that I specifically do, but I, I know about it, I guess. Uh, that can seem like it's capricious, but like that stuff does exist for some people, at least. And it's, it, I, think, I think it's very strange that sometimes there's an assertion that people make allegations like that, or that people acting on those allegations end up banning the people who are, you know, the alleged abusers. Right. That those, that any of those people is out for clout. Um, it's not easy to be out there as somebody accusing anybody else, like you were just saying. Mm-hmm. Many of these folks have gigantic fan bases, and some of those fans don't care whether the person did a bad thing or not. Right. And... They're just upset that their favorite person or somebody they like doesn't get to stream or commentate or play a game anymore or whatever. And they get real mean about it. And so it's it, it takes... It's not a gaining of social clout, okay? You are spending your social clout. You're giving, you're giving it up, some percentage of it, to make an allegation. Right. You, you, it's, it costs you yes. clout. It yes. does not gain you clout. And what you're hoping is that the person who abused you will go away. You're hoping that other people won't have to go through the situation that you went through, right? You're mm-hmm. sort of trying to... It's a, it's, a, it's a community thing rather than for yourself. Almost never in these situations like where a politician's accused or whatever, some big star's accused. Those people don't get famous, right? They just get attacked. Yeah. The, the people who are, who are alleging stuff. Almost, almost categorically. Yeah. And... The people who are then who then act to try to help clean up the community, they are also spending tremendous social capital as well. They are not gaining clout. Mm-hmm. So it costs social capital to ban somebody and try to enforce it. I've been talking with some of the people who are involved in those decisions. It is difficult and it's draining and it makes them not want to be involved and it, it it's a it's a big drain on them even when they're not you know, on Twitter actively, right? Even they, even when they're trying to stay away. Sharpie talked about this. That stuff's not easy. You are not gaining clout. You're yeah. spending a lot of, of social capital. And I just, I wish that that's something that people understood more. It's really not easy to be on any of these sides. Yeah. Hmm. That's my thought. Well, Nathan seems to agree with you. What I I appreciate Nathan. Thanks for the <laughs> thoughts, buddy. I can hear him as well. Oh, you could? Okay. I could. I uh, could. I could. Yeah. <sighs> okay. All right. 
But yeah, I mean, anything else to say about other, that? Some of the other names, I guess. Uh, I, I was there's anybody else in particular you want to talk? Uh, about? You know, I've there were a bunch. Right. I think the ones that I didn't, I just didn't know anything about and was real bummed about were um, my friend Ryan Morrison, one of the few other esports attorneys in the whole world, uh-huh. um, who was accused of. Um, kind of just being abusive as a boss i oh, think no. primarily but other stuff too that was also gnarly oh no you know i don't i don't know what's right in there but uh i guess it is taken credibly enough that he was removed from leadership of the esports bar association Dang. and he okay okay and his uh his firm has placed him on leave his firm he started has placed him on leave so there's got to be some right I don't know, that's my thought right? i don't really know yeah. but in any case i was extremely bummed about that you know bummed primarily for the people who who suffered, like, as an employee of his, right? That's right. the primary. But secondarily, it's just, like, a weird feeling for, like, my... I don't know. I knew that guy. <laughs> um, yeah. And then Red Eye, a, a commentator who's been around forever. Yeah. One of the only... I mean, I, I think he's, like, 50. Like, he's quite up there. And I had looked up to him... Not that I've ever met him personally, but I looked up to him as one of the few people who's sort of showing that this is a career that you could just do forever right that you could be a commentator until you are old and retire Mm -hmm. and uh i guess there's been a lot of stuff that he's done negative as well uh maybe more sort of abuse and blackmail as is the set of allegations so he has now retired so i mean those are the most famous those are for me the ones that i just didn't know anything about and they really caught me off guard um what do I think about Dr. Disrespect? Oh, well, who even knows, right? I don't know that anybody outside of a small handful of people know why he was deleted from Slasher. everything. <laughs> Slasher. What's that? Knows. Slasher knows. <laughs> I guess, I guess, uh, but not many people do, and I certainly don't, so I don't know what to think of it, but I couldn't tell you that I'd be surprised for somebody who had filmed in a bathroom or who had talked about weird conspiracies on stream. I just, it doesn't seem like a big surprise to me yeah but i mean it's it's just it's interesting to see the kind of stuff that is happening right now and you know it's the dangers of the streaming platform again right and it's just one of those things that you know uh i saw uh one person in the fgc there were no accusations uh you know no allegations on him but he just came out and started talking about stuff that he did in the past and, you know, he was like, I just want to get this out there. I was terrible. Like, this is the stuff that I did. You know, I don't want to see be praised for this, for coming out and talking about this kind of thing, you know. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's important because, you know, when you become a more popular streamer or a top player or any, you know, it's that, it's the, it's the, it's the allure, right? It's the drug of becoming Hollywood. You know, that's why everyone uses that as kind of a joke is, oh, you, you're getting Hollywood is because you start feeling like things are owed to you. You feel like you have this power. You feel like you have this ability to, to get what you want. And it's 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 one of the most dangerous things that you can ever. That, I mean, it's one of those things that, as a human being, you have to be aware of constantly to make sure mm. that you never get caught in that. Because then you just think you can get away with things, and the one thing you get away with makes you think you can get away with more things, and then it just snowballs like that. And then eventually, I mean, we wonder why 
it happens to so many people. Why is it? Why is it so that people who get into these important positions end up being so commonly, you know, the ones that do these kind of things, you know, try to take advantage of other people, and that's the reason why is because you just don't keep track of your own humanity, your own humility, and you start mm. thinking you're invincible, you know, and 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 you lose sight of that, and it's one of the most dangerous things. You know, I know a lot of people get mad at me when I engage people who yell at me on Twitter all the time because they're like, you're hurting yourself, James. But that's one of the reasons why I do it, because I just don't ever want to be in an echo chamber. I just I don't ever want to mute everybody who hates me and stuff like that until they start getting particularly nasty. But, you know, there's a limit. I I agree with you, but I do. Yeah, I do sometimes feel the same way. It's important to see criticism, of course. I don't know that it's important to see uh, some of the things that people say, but criticism, uh, yeah. of course, is important. Um, sure. It's not—it's not right that, for the most part, that people care about what you did as a teenager, or even when you were much younger. As long as you've sort of made changes in yourself, uh, I, neither of us was perfect. Of course, I was not right, no, and would never make the claim otherwise. And I've talked publicly about this not just in this instance of, of everybody talking about these issues, but many times over the years, yeah. that I feel that I have made changes because of the things that I did or said that were nice, right? right? That my friends got upset. I didn't want my friends to be hurt. And that m- made me change. I, I saw the people getting hurt. I didn't want them to be hurt. That made me change. Like I know, And I know that you've gone through the same process. So even if you were a big jerk back in the day I don't know that many people care about that now as long as you are a different person now if you've been doing the same things for the last 10 years 15 years whatever mm-hmm. that's definitely a problem okay but if you have made those earnest changes that's something that I think people will care about more maybe there's some exceptions to that with the most extreme things but I think that's pretty rare Pretty rare. Of course. Okay. All right. All right. So I guess that's it for our short 5-5 segment, huh? Sure. (laughs) Not much to chat about. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about other community stuff. Not much. I just really briefly wanted to talk about how I really like the uh, Capcom fighters fighting words with F word and Logan. And you brought it up a little bit when you talked about the pre-shows that they're doing for the Capcom Pro Tour events. They are doing similar stuff for midweek. Those air on Thursdays. And it's on Capcom Fighters. And it's, like I said, Logan and F-Word. They interview players. They talk about the stuff that happened on the Capcom Pro Tour the previous week. They talk about characters and gameplay sometimes. I think it's really well put together. I really like the idea of that. It's something that, you know, we've certainly pitched many times in the past, and I'm really happy that it's happening now. I think they're doing a great job of it. Yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, when I see that show, and, you know, uh, shout-outs to everybody who produced this other thing that I'm going to be talking about that I'm going to criticize, (laughs) but that's what I was hoping that Capcom Pro Talk Resurgence show remember last year like the the one year that they did in norcal uh that was like a uh, crack fiend and bizarro mike and all those guys mm-hmm. did that show that's the kind of thing that i was hoping that they would do 
And so, uh, you know, when I see Logan and F were doing the show and analyzing and getting to interview people and, you know, really have these meaningful segments from the players and stuff, it's it's fantastic. I love it. I think it's so great. And I feel like it's something we've been missing for a very long time. 100% agree. Yeah. That said, I hope people actually watch it because... It had like 500 viewers when I was watching it on Thursday. So please give it some views so that they'll keep it going because I would love to see that more often. I mean, honestly, it's just tough because, you know, the tournaments aren't going to get as many views because they're just not live events. And, you know, you don't hear the buzz about them and, and things like that. You know, even the CPT events, they're not getting the same kind of views that they get, they've gotten in the past, you know. And a lot of it just really just is just because these aren't live events. I don't know. There's something a, there's something about a buzz about people being at Combo Breaker and tweeting of pictures course. at Combo Breaker and go, oh, my God, I'm traveling to Combo Breaker and, like, all this stuff. It, it builds up this buzz and makes everybody want to watch it, even though winning these CPT online events gets you into Capcom Cup. Like, it just doesn't have the same kind of impact just because you don't get that kind of, you know, ooh, it's coming kind of thing. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that said, when I was watching the CPT online NA East, when I, for a while at least it had like 15,000 viewers. So, that's not bad. Yeah, that's true. To be honest. And then it looks like there's some other community numbers that maybe we'll get very shortly. Ah, thank you very, very much, Artemis. If that is your real name, <laughs> and it's not. This is Evo Online Numbers Ooh, for North America. Oh, nice. and for Europe and for Japan, South Korea as well. So let's nice. talk about these. In North America, interesting. Can you put these up, actually, James? Yeah, this is these numbers are weird. <laughs> these are very interesting. Ah, very okay, interesting. I'm doing some crazy things to David over here. Get these on the stream here. Yeah, hang on a second. Yeah, curious. Let's see what we got. So, just to start reading as you are putting it up there. North America, the most entered game is Skullgirls with 1,249 entrants. That wow. Makes sense to me, to be honest. So. Does it? Okay, well, let me get through this. Uh -huh. Second is Killer Instinct with 1,175. Third is MK11 with 1,152. And then fourth is Them's Fighting Hers with 1,004 players, all of them over 1,000 from North America. That's cool. I think that's really cool. It's fantastic, yeah. I am a little surprised that Skullgirls has the most. Now, I don't know if that's by so much, right? That's less than 100 spread in any of those cases as well until the last one. Uh, but I think that's... I would have expected, I guess, like MK11 or KI to be number one. Right. But I don't know. In any case, I'm really happy about those numbers. Those are really, really cool to see. Mm -hmm. You want to scroll down to the next one? Yeah, so this is where things start getting interesting here. So, Skullgirls is also first place in EVO Online Europe, 235, second was Them's Fighting Hurts 207, MK11 just behind with 205, and then KI in last with 149. Yeah. Huh. And then to round it out, EVO Online in Japan and South Korea, oh, where they are not... They are not playing Mortal Kombat, by the way. Yes. Uh, but they're, first apparently is, they're not playing anything. <laughs> right. Skullgirls with 41. Them's Fighting Herds, 30. KI, 29 people. 
Huh. Yeah. Well. Very low. What do you think about these numbers, James? I mean, I I guess it makes sense because you know, uh, them's fighting herd, Skullgirls, and Killer Instinct were never really that big in the Asian countries in the first place, you know. So probably not as much interest there so it's surprising to me that they're even still that low especially because it's a free to enter tournament but you mm-hmm. know, can't, I guess you can't be too surprised in any case So, you know for Japan, South Korea because it's only those two countries it's not East Asia it's just those two Right. they probably could have had Street Fighter <laughs> that's I'm serious I mean that's not a, it's not a large geographic area and they have really good connections there so anyway whatever they chose not to um yeah I think I'm a little surprised that Skull Wars is number one but I, not by much and I'm not, I'm not surprised by much and I'm looking forward to these I entered KI and MK11 I'm playing I'm playing the game oh nice okay oh yeah and it says here as well that uh, they are changing every single match in the tournament to three out of five. Every single match. Every single wow. match. Yeah. Well, I guess why not, right? We're all just playing at home. Yeah. Cool. That's pretty cool. Okay. Nice. Evo numbers. That stuff starts. Uh, not too long from now. Uh, in July. Is it the second week of July that it begins? If only Artemis was still in this chat. <laughs> or Andres. <laughs> this, this One weekend. of you two. This weekend. This weekend? Okay, alright. Sounds good. Okay. So the first weekend of July even. Hot dang. I look forward to that. <laughs> That's true. Now that that, disco- that 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 came a little too late, but if it came a few uh, weeks earlier, maybe even Melee could have been in there. <laughs> that would have been so cool. I know, right? Oh, man. That would have been so cool. Yeah. All right, so Them's Fighting Herds is this weekend. After that will be Skullgirls. After that will be KI. These are weeks. Then okay. MK11 to round it out. Nice. All right, cool. We'll talk about that next week, I'm sure. Whoa, it's a cat. So I guess next week we'll be recapping yeah. the results up to that point. That's cool. Nice. Rare indeed. Alright, let's talk about game news briefly. Samurai Showdown. Warren, Warden is already out. They actually did a breakdown on stream with the game designer Soranaka Kaito of Warden, character. and now he's just out and playable. But I thought it was really cool that they did a breakdown. Like that. that character is super interesting. They Mm. are finally just starting to go, you know what, let's just do whatever. Like, he has chains with his A's and his B's. And, like, he only has, like, two special moves, but he can cancel them into the the, the chains and the feints and they don't combo. Right. Like, he's a completely just out of, you know, like, whatever systems exist in Samurai Showdown, he's doing his own thing. And I think that's really, really neat that, you know, again, they tried to get a guest character from For Honor and turn him into something right. that's really different. So I think that's really cool. A couple of my friends who do play For Honor said that he's exactly like the For Honor character. Oh, really? So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> that is cool. Okay. And then in Smash Ultimate, Min Min is out, as well as a very significant patch, patch 8.0. Mm-hmm. Made a bunch of changes to a bunch of characters. And while I don't have any expertise in this, I did read people on Twitter who was saying that it seemed like their opinions on Min Min really ran the gamut. Some people thought that she was bad. She needs to go into the bin bin, I think is, <laughs> is what uh, Hungrybox had to say. 
And others think that she seems really good and has really good frame data and really good combos and really good range. So and, those you know, people she seems like she might be good. So some people, those people say, use her for the win-win, basically, right? Right, so right. Of course, of course. Okay. <sighs> so I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But like I said last week, I'm really curious about her. And then, uh, you know, I don't have any expertise to talk about which characters got good times in the past <laughs> yeah there's a big but patch again it's still cool that they're still changing stuff like i saw one tweet talking about how some new combo worked for falco i saw someone talking about how mewtwo's fireball got buffed really good yeah, so, yeah i saw know, gamer talk about that it's actually right. really cool to see that you know that they are still patching and making things better so there you go Guilty Gear Strive. There was a Zato and Milia trailer. That went live pretty much when we began our show last week, so this is pretty much last week's news, but we didn't see it at that point, and now we're talking about it, so what do you think? I just can't believe how good Milia looks, dude. Like, like just the, the, her style, the costume design, everything about it. Even like the the way they designed her face. Like I said, I'm not, I've never yeah. been a Milia person, but like she's like really pretty in this game, <laughs> and her I design just looks so good. And then on the other hand, you've got Zato, who's just like completely just jacked all of a sudden, dude. It's it's hilarious, dude. Oh, the Eddie man. looks so great. It's so cool. So the, it's do. not even really a shark at some points anymore. Or there, there, there is at some points, but yeah. there's also it's like a weird shark frog. I don't even know yeah, how to describe know, right? some of the stuff that's going on there. It's the clearest Eddie has ever been because yeah. uh, I mean, even though he existed in the last game, but like they made it look too much like the old one. This one, he has the bright red outline. Like, before it was all the zooming in and zooming out, so Zato always kind of looked a little blurry and, like, hard to tell who's Zato and who's Eddie and everything. But now it's just like, there's Eddie! <laughs> and yeah. I love, like, it's the first time I, I've, like, watched it and I was like, I, you could clearly make that distinction and I love that. I love that so much. Looks super cool. Mm-hmm. Super cool. And... I also don't have enough expertise to talk about this, but just watching that trailer, they looked like Eddie and Milia to me. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, obviously, the biggest difference is that Milia's disc puts her in the air. So now the way that she mixes you up is by going through an air dash. So she already starts in the air before she would throw it down and then tie your knee up to kind of do these things. And I think maybe they wanted to eliminate the raw low option from her Mm. so when she plants the disc I mean she might be able to empty it and then go low but she can't just do disc meaty low kind of thing so now she plants the disc and air dashes so it might be a little bit different Zato however I mean all the things that Eddie are doing look pretty unique and you know the fact that he has that one move where he throws out multiple invite hells in a row the spikes from the floor because before it was just here or here but now it's just like oh let me throw out four of them in a row you know so now they might have changed it to one move that just automatically does the four and so uh for the most part i mean the thing about zato which is tricky is that every iteration of xx they kept changing what eddie did like they kept adding this and doing this different and whatever so they kept changing him because they kept like trying to make him a little more balanced but then he would end up being the same anyway except in Mm. slash where he was really kind of uh nerfed the most out of all the xx versions but they've always kind of changed it. So even though the stuff that Eddie is doing right now looks different, I'll bet you anything he'll probably still play mostly the same. 
Oh, man. Thanks to VTRXV for the sub. Appreciate it. Oh, yes. Thank you. Well, that's all, I believe. No, there's one more thing. They are in maintenance right now, but at midnight, Teppin will have its first new hero and first new cards in like five, like four months or something. So okay, just nice. in time for Kitty to show up. The new hero, of course, is Feline, and uh, a tiny hero is the name of the season. So there you go. So I, I might be streaming the- at midnight okay. today. So interesting so feline is a card there's a few feline couple yeah, felines uh, it's just, feline is a generic race in monster hunter and they just turned it into one of the characters which is really gotcha odd. and dude this character has some crazy hero arts one of their hero arts is i take one of your cards out of your hand and just it's my card out of your hand even wow yeah, okay. just, they just take it out of your hand like not off the field not like brainwashed where you take it off I think it just takes a card out of your deck and now it's theirs which can be good or can huh. be bad because if you pull like a selfish predation which only works on black units mm. you won't be able to use it if you're a pure green unit or a green red unit so you get something stuck in your EX pocket that you can't use however if you have two cards in your EX pocket and you pull one of their cards, it just graveyards into your pocket. So if you keep all the, your cards in the EX pocket, you can just start eliminating their cards completely. Right, right, right. At a minimum, they just don't get to use whatever right. it was. And so it really feels like, because there's a lot of... It's interesting because Black is now getting this kind of mechanic based on a lot of the cards that you're going to be able to do stuff. Ba- you know how uh, like Nerg has things based on your hit points. If you're under 15, you get this. Now they have a bunch of cards that if you have less than 10 cards in your deck, here's a buff. If you have less than this card, there are cards out there that just kill things out of your deck. So if you pull, like, the card that you need for the win condition at the end, you can actually just be like, oh, let me kill all my own cards kind of thing. But at the same time, Feline has this ability to steal cards, and they're doing all these things about maybe trying to put more things in the EX pocket. Maybe they've finally actually created a a genuine mill deck in which they're just going to sit there and just make it so you run out of cards and have nothing left to play and then beat you that way, you know? So it's going to be interesting. They didn't nerf memory at all. They didn't nerf Hakoha at all, which are the two things everybody was complaining about. So it's going to be curious to see how it's going to work. I don't know. Maybe they want to see how it plays out with the new meta before. Like, what if they nerf memory, but turns out memory's not as strong anymore and they overdid it. And so maybe they're just waiting for another month of this play. And uh, although uh, I won't be able to help out with these things because there's all sorts of fighting game streams going on this weekend, um, you know, Iowa the Boat's doing a bunch of exhibition stuff for the new season this weekend. So if you want to watch some cool Teppen stuff, definitely check out twitch.tv slash Iowa the Boat. Oh, actually, he might be even streaming on Teppen Community. I'm not sure. Oh, cool. uh, uh, Follow my Twitter and I'll tweet it out at some point. So. Awesome, man. Happy to hear things are going along. Yeah. I've been playing a lot of MK, and I've been playing a lot of RoboCop, and I think he's super fun, and he's exactly what I want to be, what I want to be doing. I want to also have the command grab side, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to only the zone, but it's a blast. Do they have the have RoboCop like a dedicated theme? zoner. Do they have huh? the RoboCop theme in the game? 
The music? I don't, I don't, I haven't heard the music. No. Yeah, it's classic. Probably couldn't get it, probably couldn't get the rights for it, so, you know. I don't know what to tell you, yeah. But he's a really, really fun character. I like him a lot. He has some matches that I think you can't, you can't do the normal zoning stuff because MK11 has a lot of characters who have anti-projectile stuff. Right. But it also smoking. has... Every character in that game has some options, right? Mm-hmm. No character in that game is, like, just a projectile character, just mm-hmm. a grab character. Everybody's got, like, at least a little bit of everything. Right. And Robocop's the same. And he actually has really good safe pressure. He's got really safe strings. He has uh, fast startup mids. He has uh, extreme plus frame advantage on hit that he can just do standing resets into so that you can't do, like, wake-ups. So he actually has, like, I think a little slept-on pressure. Not that it's, like, the best in the game, but, like, it's slept-on for sure. And also these raid zoning moves. So I I like him a lot. For me, I think he's really, really fun so far. I need to sit down I also... What's up? I said, I need to sit down and mess with him. I'm so behind on so many things. Like, I haven't touched, like, a lot, like maybe the last two or three Samurai Showdown DLC characters, and I haven't messed with Robocop, Fujin, or Shiva at all. You know, I'm like... There's a lot of stuff. Really yeah, a lot of stuff to play right now. Yeah. And I'm also still playing KI. I forgot to mention this during the tournament results, but there were two Killer Instinct tournaments over the weekend. The 8-Bit Beatdown is back, which is super cool. They're doing tournaments again online, of course. And Nikki had a tournament where he invited players from other game communities to oh, come yeah, play. Yeah, 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 okay, okay, okay. And that was, I think, a very cool idea. I was assured by at least some of my friends that I would have dominated that tournament if I had been invited. But Nikki neglected to invite me, and so we'll never know. But it was really, <laughs> it was really fun to watch, uh, and it was cool that uh, they had Arma on commentary as well, Darth Arma, who's not a KI guy, but I think was on there to play the sort of everyman role of. Hey, I don't know what this is, you know, because they're going to be people watching who are from NRS or from Street Fighter or from Marvel or, or from um, whatever, whatever game series, right? Right. And mm-hmm. they will have questions. And so Darth Arma was there to ask the questions and it was it was definitely cool. Cool, cool. Okay. Nice work, everybody. Uh, I didn't, I never actually finished filling out these numbers here. So uh, these numbers might not be accurate. I'll have to go look in a second. Uh, but there was also another important tournament that took place this weekend, which was uh, the Show You Can scrimmage also took Ooh, yeah. place this weekend. Um, uh, that one was won by BAFN Thingy, who is mm. a person who organizes the Bay Area Fight Nights. Um, oh, cool. And he won with Alex. So uh, I can tell you I didn't want to play him. <laughs> I definitely did not want to play him. He went up 2-1 against me and literally had like three opportunities to kill me. I eked it out in the end, so shout-outs to Thingy for uh, a hard-fought match there. I was sweating. Cool. Uh, Renever uh, got second place. Dro SFV, who had gotten second place the previous two, got third place this week. And the Interceptor got his third fourth place in a row <laughs> wow so he, it'll happen at some point he's the new mike ross i guess i don't oh, know. So, you know the low blows yeah, yeah it'll happen at some point yeah. that's cool yeah but there you go again cool stuff i've been doing them looks like every other weekend but uh, now that i remember realize evo has been starting up and stuff maybe i might have to skip the next one just i'll look at the schedules and see how they all fit together basically sure. so Okay, sounds good. Yep. 
Fun beginner tournaments for sure. Oh, I guess Gachkun had a kid. Congrats to Gachkun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he's had one for a little bit. Why? So, no idea, yeah, okay, but that's what people okay. in chat are saying. Okay. All right. All good? Time to skedaddle? Time to skedaddle. All right. Thanks, guys, thanks, for Thanks again in. to Wild Monk for all the subs given Mama, out earlier. Really Mama appreciate Dao that. Mama as well. And yes, then, Mama Dao as well, and all the people who subbed and shout out directly. Uh, Pugas gave, some, yeah. gave a gifted sub. Shout a lot out. of support tonight. Um, it's, Im it's important that that not just be support for us, although of course we appreciate it, but that it be support for you know, the people who need it more, um, that it be support for uh, making sure that everybody in the FGC and you know, hopefully eventually in the larger world will actually have right. safe spots to be in and, and can just at some point play video games. But yeah, and uh, shout out. It might be a while, but yeah. uh, it's important to try to make it happen. So shout outs again to uh, Boken, to the Purple Sharpie, and for Mr. Tasty Steve for jumping on the stream and talking with all of us and talking to everybody in the chat. So I have been playing just before we get going, as Andres brings up. I have been bringing up, I've been playing Gunfire Reborn. What the heck is that? <laughs> I've never even heard of it, except for the fact that some of my friends are playing it. It's a first-person shooter roguelike game. And you get to pick up all sorts of items and guns, and it's just a really fun roguelike. You can play with up to four people, and uh, we have been playing. And it's it's fun. You know, get, get in a Discord call, play a game with each other. It's on Steam Early Access right now. Okay. It is. There are two characters right now. One, a dog. Two, a cat. <laughs> Well, <laughs> that means I would like to play it, but obviously I can't because it's a first-person shooter, so... Ah, that. right. But for everybody else out there, check it out. It really is fun so far. All right. It's early access, so they're still working on it. Later. Later. Peace out, guys. Who wants to play a Gunfire Reborn? Let me know. Get at me. Get at me nothing. And yes, FPSs make me barfy. Thank <laughs> you.